0: They're bad, they're boys, and occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast, with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back, baby, come back. But bye, uh, bye, 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 but uh, bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you
1: Bye 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 bye, 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 bye. bye bye. Hey. I'm supposed to do that, am not I?
0: I don't think that's ever happened before. We've actually both hit the start of the singing together. I mean, what a beautiful moment.
1: It was really amazing, wasn't it, David Hellard? Welcome to the Bad Boy yeah. Running Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Bad Boy
1: Running Podcast. How are you doing, Ali? I'm doing gloriously. I have a slight hangover, but that's my own doing, so I can't complain. How are you doing, David Hellard?
0: I have a slight hangover as well, but it's not too bad because I had a sandwich at about 11.30. I got home quite tipsy and I had a sandwich in my fridge that I'd remembered I might be getting home tipsy today, yesterday. I put it in there I got home and thought I love I love past me past me is completely right about future me
1: see I got really? home to my house and I went to make a sandwich and there was only the ends the crusts of the bread and I was like damn it I hate the ends of the bread but I'm starving so and then I went and opened the fridge door there's no buttery delicious spread in the fridge so I had to basically use salad cream as the buttery spread and then I <laughs> was too weak to cut cheese so I just had to pull bits <laughs> of it off like little bumps of it and put it in a sandwich it was nice not cool. very nice um, Maybe
0: I'm feeling but, awful today yeah,
1: yeah, anyway listeners, welcome to the Bad Boy Running Podcast where we talk about our hangovers um,
0: you. What
1: have we been up to, Helad? I, I think I saw that you went on a nice little holiday in Wales Wales, oh yes Wales, <laughs> Wales, home of Love Trails, you can have
0: that for free, Love Trails That's true actually, yeah, um, yeah I mean it was so good actually Ah, oh, shame. Shame you didn't make it. It was, although there was, there was quite a bit of classic do-battering going on. Uh, I think.
1: Hang on a minute. I think, and this is things I've learned off the internet, number one. I think the most do-batter thing that happened was you turned up late. Very late.
0: Ooh, well, there was, it's, it's a bit bad cause it's almost my second year in the row that I've uh, issues have, have come in with my scheduling. But I was going to be travelling down with Briggsy on the Thursday because we're, we were leading the run on the Friday. But then Briggsy, sadly, was as she's been really ill from Glastonbury still. Um, I seem to be but the only when one. When you
2: say really
1: state. ill from Glastonbury, do you mean she's been on a 17 week come down or she actually got ill at Glastonbury?
0: Um, well, you know, when, whenever you have anything that big on you physically, whether yeah. it's a race or whether it's, um, you know, lack of food, lack of sleep, booze. Um, I think she she got ill properly, but it was part of the like the come down from Glastonbury, essentially. So, yeah, my lift, my lifted to love trails uh, evaporated. And then I was like, oh, shit. Uh, Well, she thought she might be okay in the morning. So I was like, oh, let's wait for the morning. Oh no, there's no chance we can make it to the run. So legendary Craig the Beard stepped up and um, and led the whole of the, the beer run for about 200 people. So um, I know, I saw
1: that yeah. and I was like, that's amazing. But we really missed a trick there. We should really have made sure that they were all wearing hashtag vests. But um, it looked pretty epic. I was quite disappointed to see that only three people in that photo were drinking a beer. Classic love trials. Everybody else is not drinking a beer because they want to stay hydrated. Do you not know that beer hydrates you and dehydrates you at the same time, people? Um, but yeah, it looked really good fun. It looked like it was um, a lot bigger this year than it was last year.
0: Yeah, it's probably probably about fifty percent, maybe a hundred percent bigger. Um, and then we had, but basically the, the Friday night, Hugh Brassington uh, listened to the, his episode do bad as you have having this one that one yet. Yeah, it's amazing um he was hosting an evening of comedy um which is quite a weird thing to put on at love trails what and, yeah yeah exactly so that that involves him going dave could he do like 20 minutes of comedy
1: what david yeah. hellard that renowned stand-up comedian
0: <laughs> so he had so he he basically gave his, his talk he normally gives about the old man in the corner. He gave a similar one but then twisted it to just be filthy, which actually was, was unbelievably funny. Um I then gave a self defense class in uh Dubada in in how to sport and how to repel boring runners on the trails. Oh
1: my god, that sounds amazing. Why wasn't this why wasn't this broadcast?
0: I don't know if anyone recorded it or not. I, I um I kind of freestyled it on the way down, wrote it all down and then just Kept on saying,
2: "Fuck you!" <laughs> Quite so, a lot.
0: how how news. do you repel boring runners? Well, I I kind of took them. I, I gave you there's a blue belt, red belt, and a black belt uh, way of approaching it, depending on how well trained you are in um, in basically dissing people. But I I essentially anyone who came along, I'd say you you're kind of running along the 10k, and suddenly someone runs up to you with an Iron Man tattoo on their car. And you're like, oh, shit, shit. And so the the classic one, uh, the, the black belt one for that would just be to say to them, look, I'm sorry your wife left you. You have to bury <laughs> the tree. <dream."> but <laughs> maybe booze if you answer. So it was things along those lines where some of them were quite funny, some of them I hadn't really rehearsed. You're know, like, oh, that's quite, quite quite, near the knuckle, that one. Um, especially when I said the vegan top. And there were, you could tell the room was like, ooh oh is he going to turn on us is he going to turn on us yeah. but it's all all YouTuber
1: know your audience uh, Hellard. I always find that with with guys with Iron Man tattoos and it's always guys with Iron Man tattoos you don't need to That's do anything very... to repel them because they don't want to talk to you anyway because they're
0: stuck in their sad own little Iron Man world well somebody posted in the group about uh, someone who's got an Iron Man tattoo on the inside of their lip
1: oh my god oh. I saw that but he looks like he looked like he was on holiday in Malaga he looked like he'd done that by accident
0: oh he might have done actually I'd love it if he didn't even know he was just drunk he's yeah. doing and then yeah but um yeah it was really good this year um oh and the beer mile controversy have you heard about this what that you cheated
1: well, be, you're a lightweight
0: this is this is the controversy so we may have formed a a select team with the intention of trying too hard um to do well which included craig um myself bruno and then bruno uh,
1: oh, bruno the misogynist amazing
0: Bru- Is he he a misogynist. We go Ah. go through
1: this all the time. Yeah, Bruno hates women. He hates them. Absolutely loathes them, detests them, thinks that they shouldn't go out running.
0: Oh, I mean, anyone who ignores you that much, you're going to grow a hatred for them, aren't you? Yeah, it's like uh, playground,
1: isn't it? It's like the people that pull your hair in the playground are the ones that want to snog you. Exactly,
0: exactly. Um, And then Gabe, who came something like sixth in the World Championship, so unbelievably good. And uh, we formed this team... The two um, the commentators were Hugh Brassington and Danny Bent. Hugh was smarting a bit because he wasn't sure if he was allowed to be in our team or not. So he dumped him for Gabe and he <gasps> then turned into a a judge with a gripe. A judge so, um, with a
1: grudge. New to judge- Channel 5. <laughs> judge with a grudge.
0: Oh Mate, that would be such a good show. I know. Oh, we should make that happen. Oh, d- do bads send in what you need our judgment on, and we will judge with the grudge. You know who uh, judge with but... the
1: grudges is Jody Rainsford because he's got a grudge against everything, so he can be judged Nuts. with a grudge. Anyway, what happened at the beer mile that meant that it was it was a failure basically.
0: So um, Craig Craig led us off strong performance, powered out um, quite a yeah, ni- nice little cushion of a lead. I then took my beer. I thought I'd finished it. Went to put it on my head, realized I hadn't then stepped back finished it and then legged it and then they said they said that was a, p- a punishable fine who said so it was a punishable it. fine hugh this was hugh and, and i think danny actually danny was really the one who was enjoying this. He'd, he'd already put out a challenge to everyone at love trails that if anyone can beat us he will buy them free drinks all night well Jesus he said that christ
1: that is that quite a thing.
0: Saying, Yeah, exactly. So people were motivated. And then he held us for what was supposedly 10 seconds, but where it started going 10. (laughs) 10. Yeah. And so by the time time Bruno took over, we were um, fairly far down and we got knocked out in the first round. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, team. I completely screwed it for us. Unbelievable. But
1: also I think that we all know who the real problem is here. Bruno slow fat Bruno, Bruno yeah. if he hadn't have been
2: absolutely
1: around at 14 minute miles he could have he, he could have saved the team he decided he didn't want to didn't try yeah it's
0: all on you Bruno all on you absolutely yeah. i'm with you i'm with you there but um but what have you been
1: doing? I've been doing everything. I've done everything. In the last since I last spoke to the general public on the podcast i've done yeah. Giants Head Marathon that's the one where you get a medal that's got a spinning wooly I've done nice. um Rat Race Man versus Roast Coast which again <laughs> this year was so good it's literally the best event of the year i love it the space it's bit, space is incredible oh my god it's mental but it was the same it's the same week it was the same weekend as love trail so um, that was a bit sad but, uh,
2: uh, okay. um,
1: and then i decided you know just to run up the tallest it one of the tallest peaks in western europe outside the alps which is Mal- Malhacan, Um or lol Kraken, as we decided to rename it is that in. is that
0: Chamonix? Or? no it's
1: in um, spain it's um a big mountain in Spain. It's uh, It was a race test pilot outing uh, called Sea to Summit. So it does what it says on the tin. You start at the sea and you run to the summit. Um and that one
0: said it did because that looked, she
2: said yeah, it
1: was yeah. horrific. Yeah, so it, it was me and Sarah um, re- repping the do-badders and then yeah. a few other people that we um, didn't know. But we had to start running at one thirty. Uh, two a, two a.m. We had to start running, um, and Sarah Sarah didn't get in. Sarah's flight didn't get in until eleven p.m. And then she got to the hotel at about half past twelve. So she got no sleep. Um, her, she brought her lovely husband James, who's one of the nicest people I've ever met. And their faces when we came down at two o'clock in the morning to start running, just what? Well, just no, no, no. And then uh, so we started running at two because it was so hot. And then yeah. um, it was about thirty miles that day, but it was so hot and it's twice up Ben Nevis, that was the ascent that day. It was so hot, and you're just running across vineyards, it's really beautiful, amazing, you know, up these massive um, hills, and then all the way down these, like, windy roads that look like something out of a car advert, and then up again. Um, Because the route's not marked, we had to, it was self-nav, so a few people went a bit wrong. Um, And I just can't explain the heat. It was bouncing off the pavement. It was, by 8 o'clock in the morning, it was about 27 degrees and it was relentless and the last few miles the last 10 miles were out on these plains with no shade no trees and it was just so hot um it was so so hot so we got i think we finished we started at two o'clock in the morning i think i finished about three o'clock in the afternoon because you cannot run fast in that heat because you've got to keep hydrated and you've got to look after yourself plus there's two more days of it um they didn't get in sarah and james um and Jim the bulldozer me um didn't get in until about six o'clock I don't think and then we had to then the next day we had to go at four o'clock to start the ascent of the proper mountain you've got to go really slowly because you might get um you know your brain box might explode with pressure um and then so we did about 13 miles that day and then uh went right up to the peak on the last day and then back down again and it was utterly glorious um really good fun stayed in a mountain refuge um saw loads of animals and loads of cool stuff and just generally had oh, a volcano wait. it was great
0: why do you have to why did the why do they all start so early then
1: because of the heat like you've just got to get up because of the heat like even in the mountain refuges people get up at like four in the morning and start their way up mountain at that time and then because if you're at the top of that mountain in the heat of the day it's yeah. horrible it's quite it's quite cool up there but it is um it it's it's a situation where it's really, really sunny and there's a wind so you could actually get quite bad sunstroke or heatstroke and not realise what's going on. Um, so, and you don't want it to be up there when it gets dark, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, so, yeah, but I think um, these events, so there's, there's Sea to Summit Spain, there's mm. one in Greece that they've just done, Sea to Summit Greece and then in three weeks I'm going to Malta to do the Maltese Falcon which is running across all three islands in Malta in one day with... Gelo. Um so <laughs> g-law is swimming between the islands and running. No way. yeah Come. I am kayaking and running. So my plan is to punch g-law in the face with a kayak paddle the whole way uh, across the sea. I'm just going to be like repeatedly
0: How, how much swimming up. and running is that?
1: It's uh about uh 52 miles it's the mainland bit of Malta so it's 52 probably about 60 miles. Not that much okay. kayaking or swimming. There's not. There's not a huge amount of it. I think it's much harder to swim it than it is to kayak it. But um, but yeah, I'm going to be having a a lovely old time with um law smack him in the face of the paddle, um, and that's yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. I've just been doing loads and loads of running. And then this weekend it's man versus lakes.
0: It's very exciting. Oh, amazing! Yeah, that's a great race as well. I haven't yeah. done rat race stuff in so long. They oh, are. They're,
1: a- they're just wonderful creatures, aren't they? Um, but uh. But, yes, um, I've been having a really, really nice time. I'm just trying to think about anything exciting that's coming up, but um, I'm doing quite a lot of volunteering and stuff like that. But um, what about you? What about your running career? Has, has Is it on hiatus?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, when I run, I kind of get more injured. When I do my exercises, I get more injured. So, at the moment, I'm just kind of, yeah, just plodding along, faffing around. So, um, yeah, I don't know. in I've, I've, things now. If I can't get fit, probably in a week, mm-hmm. not that I'm going to be fit in a week, but if I can't be injury free in kind of a week, then Mexico is kind of out because I, I can't see myself going out to Mexico for a, an MDS in a style Ultra X, but with 1300 meters of ascent going in there if I'm not even math fit. It would just kill me. I, I don't know. What, well, maybe I should do it just to see what it's like to,
2: to when, be properly when
0: out is Right at the beginning of November, so it's it's a long way away. But given that, you know, if I if I wanted to train for it properly, I'd probably have started training. Whew, I'd be I'd be marathon fit, like PB marathon fit, about now, mm-hmm. and I'd then probably start piling on, you know, switching that speed into multi days mm-hmm. um, for the next two and a half months. So at the moment, I reckon I'm probably two minutes down on my parkrun PB time if I was to race it flat out, which is um, quite a lot, so... Uh, mm.
1: Let's let's get the excuses in early then, shall we? It's too hot to run, yeah. uh, so we can't, we, we can't go running. That's actually something that I've been struggling with. Um, in other news, I received an email today, Hellard, um, mm. copying me in with Dean Carnays about <laughs> the National Running Show. So when I received cool. this email, I did a bit of an excited wee. But then I thought to myself... If we're going to have a chat to Dean, who is going to be yeah. on our stage in the Ultra Zone at the running show, what I think do-badders should suggest, fun with Dean, fun things we could do with Dean. What do you think about do
0: that? Do the do with Dean.
1: Do the do with Dean.
0: do, do better, do Dean.
1: Do, <laughs>
0: no, do.
1: but I think that we should open it up to the group and say to them, Dean's up for a laugh, surely, he's a lovely man. So what can we do? He's doing a, he's doing a talk on the on our um, in the ultra zone on the Sunday. He's the last talk of the day, which means that there could be some do badder style, Dean style fun, and I think that we should get the do-badders to suggest what that fun should be.
0: I reckon we could get him to try and hold a plank for the whole interview.
1: That's such type a good idea.
0: He's he's such because that that's what really one of the things I took away from the the, the interview we did with him is that every hour well, that he was doing the just, plank
1: for the whole interview. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just every hour he, he he gets up and he does his his core exercises all all, to, all the time through the day. So I reckon it would be great just to see him doing it, maybe holding the squat position for the whole time or all all these stress positions throughout.
1: Maybe maybe we go one step further and we go do bad Dean does do better right so Dean does do better is a series of dares that we give Dean to do when the big speakers are talking on the main stage like going up to the front <laughs> when Chris Akabusi's doing a talk and holding the squat position for the entire Chris Akabusi's talk-, talk and staring him straight in the eye not staring saying anything. him in the eyes <laughs> I think that would be fun. Um but yeah we have um our, our little ultra zone is looking really really cool. rather exciting everybody so I would suggest that you go to the National Running Show website and purchase a ticket which I believe at the moment may be free. Um is there, what's your little discount code thing? Uh my little discount code thing is um AB18. No AMB18. AMB18. That's Ambassador Bailey. 18. Uh, yeah, that's actually gets you a free ticket. So um, come one, come all. We're going to have the literally the best weekend ever. Um, it's, good. it's going to be very exciting.
0: Um, that's pretty big.
1: I know it's it, it's pretty big. Um, anyway, uh, we have oh, a wonderful
0: have podcast you... guest to introduce. Actually, before that, I wanted to get your view on something. That. Nah. Um, I don't want to see happy. it I
1: don't want to see it don't turn your camera on <laughs>
0: <laughs> should it be spotty? <laughs> <laughs> definitely shouldn't um, look like that Jesus man <laughs> yeah the, have you seen about the the suicide of the marathon cheat?
1: oh yeah yeah I have and right I'm going to say this now I was worried about commenting on that because I was worried people in mm-hmm. the bad boy running Facebook group get involved with that my friends who are listening to this might say but you do the same thing with Rob Young um, yeah. and so basically, basically, what's happened is there's a there's a runner right there's a runner guy who was investigated by the ultra the, by the marathon investigation man. Is this, is this am I getting this correct?
0: Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, he cheated. At, he, he well, marathon investigation man has said that he's basically cheated at loads of events. Uh, and then this guy's topped himself um he was quite old i think he's about 70 but that doesn't make any difference um and there's a big debate on whether or not we should be naming and shaming people that allegedly cheat at races on the internet because this guy's killed himself um now the thing about the internet is it's not just about running naming and shaming it's about Mm -hmm. naming and shaming generally um i actually had a friend um when i was working in the music industry who was named on twitter as somebody that um had committed a crime against a woman she publicly named him and he killed himself because he couldn't cope with the online abuse so i think it's more of an internet problem than a running problem but the interesting debate here is is marathon investigation man should he Mm. be naming and shaming like or should he just be handing it over to race directors to get them to sort it out
0: yeah, it's, and and actually, we don't often talk about other podcasts, but someone in the group had mentioned that there was a, a good interview with him from um, what's the podcast Ten Junk Miles. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from quite a long time ago. It's about a year and a half ago, episode forty-seven. Go and listen to it. Actually, I was I was potentially going to get Nick to edit in some segments of it. I've no idea on the legals of that, but um, I've got some
1: idea on the legals of it. It's illegal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> do it. It's really, it's really interesting because actually, they're talking about someone else who had been uh, quite aggressively shamed online. Who, as a result of of the information that was kind of uncovered, in the investigation, all of this, and they did discuss in that, like, you know, what if someone kills themselves? What if someone? And um yeah, it's it's it, Oh i mean i I personally think if you know that what's going to happen as a result of your actions, even if you're not the person to to do bad things, if you know you're going to do something that result in bad things that other people do, then you're responsible for that as well
2: mm.
0: and so it's it's hard, isn't it because yeah we take the piss as well, and you think where where is the line between like this, they're not taking the piss, but we take the piss, and where's the line between? taking the piss and bullying and that is really hard. So things you No, know, like- should
1: I tell you where the line is? The line is if you you should never write something on the internet you would not say to somebody's face, okay? That's it. You would you should never write something that you wouldn't say in a conversation as far as I'm concerned to that person. Um and this is what I was mm-hmm. going to say about we talk about Rob Young a lot, but we have invited Rob Young to come on the podcast and he hasn't. We and also we're not saying oh, this guy's terrible and should... It's a debate. It's a debate. And it's a debate I would have with that person in real life. But I think unless you can get two sides out of it, you shouldn't be shaming people without the full story. And nobody really knows the full story because this guy never really had the opportunity to tell the full story or didn't want to tell the full story. That doesn't mean you should continually troll him on the internet.
0: Yeah. I mean, the hard thing is that I think in... Because... In, what Derek, who is the uh, the marathon investigation go something that he was saying is his his view um, I think he's made reasonably clear now is that you know if someone's cheating or if someone gets something wrong and there's no real consequences of it, then he doesn't really care. so if you were to go out tomorrow and run you know a a two fifty five marathon and you weren't posting it all over social media to try and get sponsors and, and you just did that by yourself. Then he says that he might tell the race organisers, but he's not going to reveal any information. Mm -hmm. He draws the line at when it either affects other people or people are themselves drawing an income or drawing something from it.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So, if you were, you know, so this guy uh, Frank Meza, he he was setting world times uh, for his age group. Mm -hmm. Well. Uh, best so that's why he's like well in which case it's in the public interest in his view or if say you had and we get this with the london marathon when you, you'll get some instagrammer some influencer who cuts the course shows their medal and then the retribution on that is horrific and, and, and way way too far because yeah. um and but now i mean i i personally don't think he should ever I, I, you know, I've, I've got no problem with him finding cheats and, yeah, absolutely dob him into to Boston or whichever race it is mm-hmm. so that, that, that people aren't missing out on places that are rightly there.
1: If Derek's job was to go, I think yeah. that this guy cheated, here's the evidence, hand it over to the people at Boston or whoever, wherever it is to see if they want to do anything about it and that's the end of what he does, fine. But I feel like Derek's become a bit of an internet celebrity and he kind of likes that, so he plays up to it a bit and and goes that extra mile
0: to stir the pot. And, and his view, because they, I hope he's changed his view now, but it was, you know, it was, it was so relevant, that, that episode. Everything about it was discussing this exact scenario. And his view was almost, if I happen to publish an article about someone and then the times pick it up or... The, the Washington Post and then there's all these reproductions for it, then that is not my fault. Whereas I think the reverse. I think, you know, if you throw a rock at a, win- a window, it's the rock that breaks the window. Yeah. But for the person who who started that proje- trajectory in the full knowledge of what it was going to lead to. Yeah. And I think now his his blog and his exposure and also... I think there's a taste in the media now for public shaming on, of runners i think it's become something that you know journalists are actively looking out for and almost delighting do you reckon and if you know that that's yeah abs- i mean there's like the, the metro for example at the in every london marathon you know there's going to be some story that um someone's cheated someone's yeah. cheated
1: and if it's a celebrity even better
0: yeah and people absolutely love it because it's it's it's, it's, it's not you feel self-righteous. And yeah. also, I think as a, most of us have run you know, some kind of big race before, um, especially runners. But I think even the, the wider community, and we don't like cheats. And, and actually, I think deep down, we just don't like celebrities um, in the same way. We don't like influencers mm-hmm. and people who are. And so it's our chance to like get the knife in. And I think now, he, I don't think he should ever publicly expose anyone. I, I think it's too it, – the repercussions are too big that, yeah, in the early days, sure, go and, go and shame them and so they take it maybe take their post down and a few people in the running community are a bit more aware and look out for it next time. But when essentially you, you know you're ruining someone's life for – yeah, franks he was going for World Age group – records which is it's it's un, you know shouldn't do that it's stupid what you playing at mate but it's still i don't think that bad um versus something that pushes you to suicide um or the the other person i can't remember her name who they they exposed she's essentially completely off all social media now
1: yeah I, but she, i think that we also have- need to just say that um suicide is a very very difficult topic in that you cannot you can't suicide is no one's fault but the person that can that that does it because it was their choice to do that now there are external factors that can add into the stresses and the strains on your mental health that put you in that position but ultimately it's an individual thing so as much as it's like you've made me do this the only person that is in control of your actions is actually you um so i don't think it's right ever to say it's your fault that this person's done this thing but i think it's a yeah. really a good topic to go with we, we can make pe- we can make life easier for people with mental health issues by not using the internet as basically a shaming board because that it, that, that's yeah. not helpful to anybody um, especially when that person doesn't really have the ability to or to be able to either explain their actions or if they don't want to explain their actions and if they just vanish off off it then then they vanish off it but um it's it is a really I think, I think the difficult
0: you, you can't like you can't vanish off google you, you can no. try and eradicate and but if you know this this i can't remember her name but for the rest of her life anyone who looks up her name it will the first page will all be about her Cheating in a half marathon or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. cheating to get a Boston qualifying time, and and even one of the articles I was reading, he got someone kicked out of Boston because she'd qualified for it by having a pacer in a race that joined her at halfway and ran her in mm-hmm. for three twenty eight, and you're like, I, I mean, I know the rules, but That's, really,
1: but really, yeah,
0: it's not like she's taking performance-enhancing drugs, is it? Like- yeah. And actually it's just I think it's really lovely to have I, I it might be against the rules and hopefully the person didn't take a medal and all that but I still don't really care but it's really lovely to have someone come in and pace you for a second half of a and if you achieve that together I think that's the most wonderful thing
1: yeah yeah that's so great but um. But also the internet twists stuff and and, and things get because it's other people's opinions um, that you read someone else's opinion and then so you take that as gold and you read type or retweet or or you rewrite that opinion as fact and somebody else reads your writing and it's like that is a fact now and it goes on and on and snowballs and snowballs until it's complete the, the thing is completely different to what the original thing was so for example there was there's a really interesting thing that happened this week i think it was race to the king or one of the race to this where the guy oh, that yes. came in first yes was disqualified because he went the wrong way five miles from the end and he ended up coming in, did a Gary Robbins, and came in the wrong direction to the finish. But when he went off course, he says he phoned the race director people and they said, don't worry, it's okay because it's the same distance. You just keep going you're not going to be disqualified and you're going to get your medal and you're going to get your win but then when he got in they were like no, you've done it wrong you've gone off course you haven't completed the course you're disqualified which I think is so harsh I think fair he didn't win yeah. because he didn't do the same course as everybody else but disqualification yeah. Yeah. and not giving him a medal and taking that time and those miles completely off of his running cv i think that's a bit harsh but a lot of people are wading in with he's a cheater he's done this on purpose what sort of idiot would go of course and then not find their way back onto the course and it's like if you've been running fast and you're knackered sometimes these things happen and you're not thinking straight yeah. i don't think he meant to cheat on purpose but reading what other people write and then someone saying oh did you hear about that guy that cheated at race to the stones oh did you hear about that guy that tried to come first by cheating that's not what happened and that's the problem with the internet. yeah
0: and And actually, there was, because in that case, I think the the race organizers had thought when he'd called, he was actually back on the route. Yeah. And so he was actually going to complete the whole route. Yeah. So I do, I do understand why they said, we can't let you have the win. Yeah. Um, And I mean, and I've, 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 I've cheated before where uh, very similar circumstances, I didn't know what to do. So. I I was sent the wrong way by a marshal when I was leading a half marathon Mm -hmm. I then it was a two one big lap one short lap I got back at the end of my uh, my my big lap and realised I only had three miles left when the next loop was something like six miles Mm -hmm. because the marshal had sent me the wrong way so I just thought sod it it's not my fault I'm just going to run back a mile and a half and then turn round and run in because I've run the distance and And then I I actually did a a blog at the time saying, "Am I a cheat?" And I explained what I did. And but even then, I didn't really know what to do. Or I I think maybe I should have should have run the extra six miles or something and come in for 300th. Or -hmm. and some people like, "Yeah, you cheated." Uh, But I think we should, when people make mistakes, we should have the grace to be like, "Yeah, it's a mistake," and technically it might not be under the rules but that doesn't make you a bad person it just you know these things do happen they're confusing yeah things go wrong um there is
1: there is a a difference between making a mistake and being a cheat a cheat is forethought a cheat is like i'm going to do this on purpose in order to better my position or better myself financially whatever it is a mistake is different totally different
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah and um but it'd be interesting to see how kind of marathon investigation continues because I think the the, the pressure on people to get qualifying times for Boston and the like and London when places are getting harder and harder to get means that there's probably more desire to ensure that people aren't getting an unfair advantage or gaming the system. Yep. And I think that could lead to even worse abuse and even more shaming and – um, yeah, so, well, do do balance. So what do you think? I mean, is. I, I think with the case of this guy, Frank, you know, he, he clearly was a cheat, an intentional cheat to try and break records. Um, but the consequence is now that this has happened, Derek knows this has happened, very similar things have happened before. Should, do you, is it his responsibility has to say has, d- has
1: Derek commented on
0: it at all, Joe? He's he's said a statement um along the lines of look let's just this is this is horrific for the family. I'm I'm incredibly sad for, for what's happened to the family. Um I think we should give them space to to grieve. Um and you know, I, I will be making a further statement when I feel the time is right. Which which I think, you know, you read that and you're like, Yeah, fair enough. That's that's actually quite a nice thing to have done, and, and probably the right thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but he's he's now caught up in this. You know, he, he, everything he does is he, it's
2: everything he does is
1: tarnished because people will remember this. People always remember the the worst thing, don't they? They always remember the worst thing, and this is the yeah. worst thing. So he's going to be that guy that wrote up about how he's going to be the guy that killed the other guy. Basically, that's how it's going to be seen. Um, yeah so i don't know whether or not he'll be able to continue with the whole marathon investigates thing which i can see that it's got its place but i just think he as a human being he needs to do it better he just seems like a bit of a miserable yeah. bastard derek who wants to upset people like he has that that troll type thing in him because there is better ways to do it than to you know plaster it all over the internet and keep harking on about it um so yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: And the fact, especially that, you know, as we've, you know, we're the same situation with the podcast or with our blogs or even people on Instagram. Everything you do that gets more media press and attention is good for your brand and is essentially leads to benefits, whether that's just money, actual advertising, or Mm -hmm. exposure elsewhere, or um, greater influence, or sponsors or and so the fact that he you know that's those two are colliding with something that's destroying people's lives is very hard to to feel comfortable with i think um yeah yeah i I just wanted to kind of get your views on that because i think it's something that needs to be thought about more by people in um not just running but as you say on the internet and the issue that will be interesting now is his next Shaming if that happens, how they respond, and what happens if it happens again? Has he
1: you know? ever done one? Has, yeah. he ever, has he ever done an investigation where he's turned out that he was wrong,
0: like really wrong? Um, I don't think he's. I don't know enough, but I don't think he's had one where it's they've he's outed them and they've been able to prove themselves. You know, in in his defence, the the London marathon runner who was disqualified, he actually found evidence. That he'd started later in a later pen than people had thought, and that's why his timing was different. Yeah. Uh, but he he's certainly he's found people that he's that there's, he's he's now got a podcast himself, and I listened to one episode which upset me quite a bit actually, where the, the husband was going of, of the person accused was going crazy at Derek. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been they've been outed, and and he was just he was just saying, she turned up late. Didn't hear the briefing and did one lap, and then didn't realise. And you think, well, yeah, that could happen all the time. And and he's like, why have you unleashed the the, the fury of hell on my wife? Who she, I think, especially if you're if you're female and slightly older, you, you're always going to be in the running for some kind of age prize because there are just fewer older females in it. So suddenly yeah his, his view would be you're going for a prize and like well uh, yeah sure she might have been third female bet 55 but it's not as if she was intentionally cheating to try and get that category it's just she happened to be in there and you know mistakes are made easily and i, I think especially from w- some some runners view everyone else as if they have race like themselves but a lot of people just turn up and just do stuff without thinking about it and and don't necessarily know all the information and don't really care if they finish the course and don't have this pride of never dnf they're like oh give it a go oh what was that i was wrong oh who cares and so i think there have been circumstances where people have been you know, accused of cheating when it's not cheating it's just misfortune
1: yeah i mean Here's, here's some, here is a world exclusive, right? You know when I ran Devon coast to coast with Julius yeah. and Lorna was crewing us? The rules of that are you're not allowed paces. Um, and we got to the tar steps and I had an epic breakdown of massive ultra-strop proportions. Every toy was thrown into the river tar. I was really angry and didn't want to go on anymore. And Lorna sat me down got me an ice cream. And then she walked as we marched through the forest by the tar steps halfway to the next aid station so she could have been seen as pacing because she was with me walking but we mm. weren't running she wasn't really doing anything apart from making sure i didn't punch julius in the face um but ultimately that could be seen as cheating because she was on the course with me and julius when it specifically said no paces is that cheating should i have my buckle taken off me
0: yeah and there probably be some people who say yes just because some people are slightly Aspergious about rules and they will say well if you read the letters of the law then yes but actually what was the point of that rule the point of that rule is probably to stop people getting an unfair advantage you know to run faster by having someone actually set a good pace for them as opposed to just someone to keep them bit company
1: yeah yeah i had someone to keep me company the whole way julius but um please don't take my buckle off me climb southwest. Um, it was only 10 minutes but um i actually i remember when i did my first 100 and uh lee was pacing me and as we came into towards the end my sister ran towards me and she was gonna run in with me and lee was like don't run in with her because if they see you running in with her they'll think they'll say she's got two paces and they'll disqualify her and i'm like what and he's like you can't be too careful and i was like okay but um, yeah. it's really, it is a really, I think, I don't think, you know, I'm lucky enough to be in the situation where I'm so mediocre and, and I just do most of the stuff I do for lols. Um, apologies to the barking dog. Um, that I don't think it would ever ha- It will ever be any point in investigating anything that I ever do. And then if you look at events like, you know, rat race events, like the Adventure Man versus stuff, you can't, not everyone does the same course because you can't because of the nature of what the course is. So... I think it depends I, I, but I think when you I think you're right when it comes to the top end of the kind of big six world majors there's going to be more and more of this sort of stuff because people are more and more desperate to qualify and there's fewer and fewer places and um I think you'll see some top level cheatage going on there
0: yeah and um I I actually quite enjoy it so bring it on it's always fun to read it's not fun to read it's not fun to read no sorry no more Derek no more (laughs) that's the thing I find it as interesting to read as everyone else I delight in the little stories because it makes me like chuckle a little bit but yeah, I guess we're part of the problem. But, it actually um,
1: makes me really sad that people would do that because, the, guys, the only person you're really cheating is yourself. And, of course, you're taking places from other people, and so you are upsetting other people, but ultimately it's you that has to live with that. And if you're sociopathic enough to be able to live with that, if you're, you know, a Lance Armstrong-type character who is fucking a nut job, then that just makes me sad that, you, that, that that's how you, you're mentally ill, basically, if you think that, that I, you can live with that. I think
0: that. it depends if you're if you're cheating to get an advantage or to win prize that's very different to someone who just wants to run boston or who wants to run london and will never get the chance and so yeah.
1: there are always chances though you can always do it a different way just go and raise two and two and a half grand like there's always a yeah, way. Um, that's true talking of which if any do fancy some challenging challenge action there is a boat um a viking boat Um, which will be his first outing and there will be more outings for this boat is going to be at the York Marathon in October and it takes 40 people it's massive it's being handmade and it's going to be a world record attempt the biggest most manned Viking boat something Guinness World Record running a marathon we've got probably 25 do-badders in it but if anyone else is interested and wants to join the boat then get in touch with me um on facebook because we are looking for some extras just in case anyone gets injured and there will be more opportunities for the for the dubada viking boat and it's going to be absolute volcanoes so um yeah that's a good way to get into road marathons it's the 20th of october which is the day after i come back from a test pilot trip on the hebrides so i'm going to be in proper (laughs) shape there proper shape um but uh but yeah, there are going to be quite a few road run outings next year with this boat. We've got a bit of a project going on with the, with the Viking boat. Um, the reason it's a Viking boat is because York is apparently a Viking city. Who knew? Um, so yeah, get in touch, Doobudders, if you fancy doing a funny road marathon and also getting a world record and also being on BBC York, because they're going to love that shit, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, well should we, from record breakers to people trying to break new records?
1: That's such a good link! Yes! Hey. Um, shall we get on with this lovely, lovely guest? Let's do it. So, do badders, once again, I find myself alone interviewing like um, an awesome Jeremy Paxman type person, um, and I have. Another treat for you because I just tend to interview amazing women, not because I hate men. I don't hate them. I just think they're all idiots. Um, so I've got a lady here who, looking at her running CVs, has done a lot of things that I've done, but has done them quicker and better. For example, she has run 63 marathons in 63 days, which I've done, but there were loads of days' gaps in between. Um, she has run across Malta, which I'm going to do, but I haven't done yet. She has run the I think the length of Ireland which you might correct me on that which I haven't done but I did think about doing once um and her next challenge is to run across Australia and I do a really great Aussie accent mate so very similar welcome to the podcast Nikki Love
3: uh good day mate good day mate <laughs> how's it
1: going over there oh you're not over there <laughs> yeah
3: I'm not there yet
1: <laughs> not there yet um how are you doing Nikki
3: yeah, fantastic. Thank you.
1: Good. Thank you. Um So we've known each other for a while, so this was probably be quite a good uh, banter going on on this one. Um, but I can't actually remember where I first met you. I think it might be been The Running Show, but I'm not sure.
3: The Running Show, yeah. Yeah, it was The Running Show. It probably
1: was, wasn't it? We were both there. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was last year, of course, uh, for regular listeners. We will be there again this year with the UltraZone, just saying. Um, but, Nikki, I wanted to get you on because you've done some amazing stuff Um which to anyone's kind of for any for anyone that is a runner or not a runner, they can see that what you've done is and achieved is, is fantastic. But the thing that I love the most about you is the fact that you keep pushing yourself to do these ludicrous things. Um, and I'm going to be honest, you're a lady of slightly older persuasion than some of the guests that we've had on before. So my I first know. question to you is not how old are you because that's rude. <coughs> is uh, when did you first get into running?
3: Oh gosh, Uh, let me just crank that head back because I'm old and I don't remember things. (laughs) But but it was as a teenager um, at high school doing my first uh, cross country run. Um, We were sent out of the school field, out of the school grounds, uh, and ran around fields um, because I grew up in Australia um, and there were just fields around the school. Um, And I absolutely loved it. It was, I got dirty, I got sweaty. I um, went on this to places that I hadn't been before. This was all in sort of like a three-kilometer loop. <laughs> so oh it, wasn't like we were, it wasn't like we were sent out for miles and miles. It was just three Ks around the school. But, but it was just that, that experience of, of going somewhere where I'd never been before. And, and that really, really stuck with me. I mean, I, I wasn't – I didn't know how to run and, and I didn't run the whole distance. I, you know, like every kid that you see run is they go, right, I'm going to run. Go, 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 go. Oh, God, I'm puffed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And stop, stop, stop. And then, oh, time to go again. So um, it took me a little while to learn how to to run consistently. Um, but that was that whole thing of, wow, it, um that was amazing and I wonder if I if I train or if I practice I might get better at it so it, that's where it started um, that's, that's
1: amazing that's like the opposite of my story because my cross-country days were basically me running as fast as I could to the corner shop so I could smoke three fags behind it and then get back I <laughs> think that I'd actually done the whole course I was friends with the bus drivers they knew to pick me up um, so, that, so yeah so it's been so it's kind of been a lifelong thing then
3: yeah yeah it, w- it was um from from there i I um, like I said it was this thing outside and and getting ho- all sweaty outside because i I'd grown up doing ballet which was very you know in four walls um, very uh, prim and proper and and um, uh, all of a sudden there was this like wild and energetic and outside thing that um, was like fantastic I loved it um so yeah that from that teenage um point I used running um in the background to ballet um to try and sort of make sure that I looked um at a small ass (laughs) that's that's one one way of
1: doing it that is definitely one way of doing it but your feet your feet must have been all the other ballet dancers feet were all beautiful and tiny and yours just like gnarled up (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, actually you know, I think that the, the ballet actually was the, the, the sort of the start of the losing the toenails. So it was it was from ballet that um, the toenails started dropping off and and then of course you know running um, and running long distances uh, they just tend to fall off like uh, you know, Oh, there's another one. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> I was once um, I was once on holiday with a friend in a really nice place in Costa Rica, a really, really expensive, amazing private villa. And she's there with her American family and I'm just swimming around on my back. And suddenly I just went, oh, and she's like, what? I was like, that's my toenail. And they were absolutely horrified that my toenail was floating around their <laughs> private pool. Whereas I was like... No, that happens all the time. Literally, they're like, "Oh my god, do you want me to give you a band aid or something?" And I'm like, "No." It just, I'm, I'm
3: surprised it hasn't happened before. Um, so, did, so here's a really gross story for you. I kept my first toenail that fell off, um, oh, wow. and and then. Um, I, uh, yeah, the first that was from the ballet, and then I kept I kept my first toenail that fell off from my runs. Um, it, it's kind of a gross thing, and I keep it in a little box and it's hidden away somewhere. That,
1: but those the earrings you're wearing right
3: now. <laughs> Is that what they are? Yeah, yeah. Have you still got them. <laughs> I still have them it's it's I think it's a sort of like a mum thing as well as like I've kept my my son's first teeth as well and
1: <laughs> you have to make a human soon you'll be like make a human
3: <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting it is isn't it yeah. sorry
1: <laughs> or maybe we'll offer them up as a prize at the bad boy running christmas party that's what our raffle <laughs> prizes are a bit like two old toenails under a child's tooth um so so with the running did, you know was it the case with it where it is there can't speak it is like this with a lot of people where they basically just flog themselves to try and be as fast as possible or with you were you like always focused on longer distance
3: um no I did the whole thing of like trying to be fast and um trained very hard and and yeah wanted to do well um but um it, it I kind of lost that um <sighs> the, the more I, I raced the more I didn't enjoy um, the racing part of it. I didn't like, um, having people breathing down my neck, me breathing down somebody else's neck. And, and I I just, it stressed me out more than I was enjoying the running part. So, Mm. um, so i sort of like thought, you know what, I like going out here just to, to run and to spend time with myself and, 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 um, give me my me time. And, I don't need to be doing this, um, sort of like watching the clock and watching, um, my pace and everything like that. I just want to do it for the fun side of it. And actually that's when I started doing the longer stuff, um, just enjoying where my feet could take me, um, and, um, and see just how far I could go. Um, and that, that started off on a whole new sort of, um, process of, of running.
1: So when was, when did you do your first marathon?
3: Oh, um, I did my first marathon in 2001. It was the Nottingham Marathon. Um, it oh, was what a choice. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful Nottingham. <laughs> it was um, six months after I'd given birth to my, my kid um, and um, I had done no training, but I thought I'm going to do this because you know I needed to have some <laughs> again some, some focus for myself. Mm-hmm got to the 19-mile mark, and um, and that was it. I, I gave up because, oh no. uh, yeah, yeah, I, I gave up. I just could not um, go anymore, and, and it, at that point, it did not occur to me that I might actually be able to walk. <laughs> oh, it doesn't, does it? I was, I was, Yeah, I was a, like, you know, you've got to run every step sort of thing. Um, and so, yeah, that was my, that was my uh, great introduction to marathon running. It was a DNF Um uh, we applaud so, you for
1: that here at Bad Boy Running. We believe that everyone should have a DNF. And if it's your first one, you did no training. And you've just produced a child from your lawyer yeah. six months before. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, at that point, with road races and, the, and especially your first one, the thought of walking, it's like, it's actually better for me to stab everybody else to death than it is to walk. Because the shame <laughs> of the walk is too much. But you, you don't realise that. Um, but what? So what spurred you on to, to get back out there then? Because obviously that must have been a bit of a blow for you
3: it was so um that was the the sort of thought process of uh, okay um do i really want that to be my story do i want to be somebody who tried something and um gave up and and the answer was no i i really want to be a marathon runner um and uh, so i went home and started training properly i i entered the london marathon and at that point you could just basically enter the london marathon um gosh, and, gosh, and gosh. Yeah. it was 25p and nobody wanted to do it <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so I, I entered the London Marathon six months later, and uh, yeah, I, I finished my first uh, um, marathon, yeah. um, uh, which uh, was was a really satisfying um, uh, thing to do because you, I'd taken this not success or or, or this failure and 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 made it drive me um mm-hmm. to to want to finish it so yeah it was a it was a really exciting day did you
1: did you train for that did, were you like right i'm going to do this by the book this time yeah
3: yeah yeah, yeah. so i followed a proper training program um and um yeah it it uh, surprisingly it worked <laughs>
1: yeah these things do tend to work don't they yeah,
3: yeah yeah but
1: i think if you've had a i mean i've met ne- to this touch wood I've never DNF'd but I have had um, I have had times where I'm like nah I'm I'm just not going to do this and I think that I was told by someone or maybe Runners World or one of those stupid magazines or books that, that it's 18 miles that's the point where you're just like I'm not doing this anymore and I can't do it and I always held that my first few marathons I held that in my head as a failure point and I was scared of it um, and it wasn't until I let go of that idea that I realised it, n- it actually doesn't happen. It, it might have happened to one person or to one in however many people, but it doesn't actually happen. Did you feel like when you went through 19 miles, you were like, I've done it, I've nailed it? Or are you scared?
3: I, no, no, no. I just, I honestly had nothing left. I, it was just like I, I was standing there going, I. There's there's nothing in in me to to, to keep going, um, and uh, I I really had put no thought into it. I didn't have any food with me. I, I I just hadn't. I didn't take gels or anything like that. I just had water. So I really went into it with with no um thought process or, or, or contingencies plans or yeah. idea that you might have to fuel it properly and all that sort of stuff so it was just like <laughs> it just didn't work um so I addressed all of those things um and and um took food with me um and and you know drank uh energy drinks and um all that sort of stuff on, on the second the second time round and and just and actually managed to get through it. So it, 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 the, these things sort of like, you've got to put a little bit of um, um, thought process into them, and I probably just didn't put any. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who does? That's why I run Whatever. Those don't think about it. Worry about it when you're out there. There's bounds McDonald's. Um, so you did your first one. Did you feel like that was kind of a gateway drug? Were you like, I'm going to be a marathon runner? This is my distance? Or were you like, there must be more to life than this?
3: no 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 I absolutely loved it I loved that whole feeling um and you know whether you like London or not it it really is a great atmosphere to um to have people cheering the whole way and it it was um yeah it was the the start of right okay I want to do this um and but I I then applied for London and I don't think I I got in two years later Mm -hmm. um, and did it again with the idea that I wanted to go faster than my my first time. So I did that. Um, And I think that's probably about the point where London started becoming quite popular and it took me um, until 2010 before I, I got another entry um, and I hadn't really thought about entering any other, uh, races or so, so marathons anywhere. Them,
1: so between them, you hadn't done really any other marathons. You were just like, I just <laughs> like doing
3: London. London is yeah. the marathon. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Again, it was that, that thing of, well, I'll, I'll just wait. Um, I don't really want to do anything, in, any, any other ones. I'll just run. So I spent, you know, all those years in between just running cause yeah. I like running. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, I got into the 2010 London and thought, right, well, I've done it twice before, what can I do now? Uh, and this was the sort of the start of this crazy stuff um, is that I started reading books. Um, and uh, autobiographies. And You've never read... read a
1: book. You've never read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you're Australian, but come on, Late bloomer.
3: <laughs> No, I think I was looking for something um, more. Um, I wanted. Uh, I was looking for inspiration. I was looking for something more. Mm-hmm. What, what was what was the point of doing all this running? um uh, cuz i didn't race um i, I was looking for that that next thing um so i read um two books that were really the catalyst for for um all this other stuff that i'm doing now and it was dean Carnese's um book um 5050 oh his, nice. his yeah his 50 marathons in 50 days in um 50 states of america um and um i also read a book by rosie swale pope where she ran around um the world um so uh, and she was a 55 year old woman who um took off and ran circumnavigated the world um and these two books were like well okay there's there's stuff out there you can do more mm-hmm. um wh- what am i capable of doing um so on that that um, that 2010 um, London Marathon, I decided to run seven marathons in seven days, mm-hmm. the seventh one being the London. Um, and <laughs> there's a little bit of a theme here. I gave no thought to it other than, oh, that sounds good. Um, I didn't put any thought into food. Um, Did you not uh, like talk to any. Did you not even think about doing,
1: like, back-to-back days or maybe, like, a multi-day or just three days or maybe talking to someone? Okay, then. Excellent.
3: Honestly, there wasn't that many people doing that sort of stuff at that time. So that was, um, well, it was nine years ago. And um, I, you know, I I just read these books and thought, well, you know, if they can, I can, um, and really just that was that was it. I thought, well, I know how to fuel for a marathon, mm-hmm. um, but what I didn't know was how to fuel for seven in a row, um, and um, I didn't really sort of again put all other than choosing the locations of where I was going to run um I didn't sort of think it through that how tired I'd get how um I had to have food ready for um when I got home um how, how I got had to home. run slower how... <laughs> how I had to run slower yeah. how I had to get home because um I, I my legs didn't work and it was like how do I drive oh my god <laughs> to different places um, so it's not so like it, so it's
1: not like you did a Twenty-six point two miles, and then slept in that place, and then did twenty-six point two miles. <laughs> no, to the next I, place.
3: I, I had to. I had to. Um, had to drive home. Um, and yeah, the the, that was on the second day. On the third day, um, I started phoning around, saying, "Can you come and help me?" Yeah. <laughs> so I asked friends. Were you um, completely on your
1: own at this point? You didn't have anyone helping you plan or crew.
3: I I was on my own, um, but I had um people, uh, friends, kind of join me. Um. bits and pieces Mm -hmm. so uh, in um, the locations that I'd chosen so I wanted to do it in seven different those yeah seven different locations Um, and uh, yeah it was it was just not really thinking things through but you know what that 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 was such a great um, learning experience um, that um, that I was capable of doing this without (laughs) um and and um it it was interesting because at at the end um all my friends um said to me right that's it Nick you've done this can you tick this off can you leave it alone can you just forget about it and I was like okay I finished something really amazing um, and I should have been feeling good but actually I was feeling kind of like they've all just told me to give up because I wasn't very good at it or, you know uh, oh wow I love, that. I love that I
1: love that that's a female thing you know that's like imposter syndrome they're telling me to stop some rubbish not because they're worried yeah. about my mental health and capabilities of my own body yeah <laughs> they hate me they think I'm rubbish I'm showing myself yeah. up. They've done it faster.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those things went through my head. And and um, but the thing is, I, I did think that I was capable of more. And I did think that I'd learned so many lessons that it, actually I'd be able to put those lessons into practice the next time round. Um but honestly, everybody said to me, no, don't do it. You, you know, it, you were in such a mess when you finished. And, um, you know, th- so I listened to them rather than listen to me. Um, and, yeah, it took, what, another um, seven years before I actually decided that I was going to do something what? big. What? Yeah. Hang on a minute. So yeah.
1: Seven. What do you mean you didn't do another marathon for seven years?
3: Actually, sorry, it was six years six years but you just um, so you did your seven and seven you, yep
1: and you stopped and you just went out for jogs and didn't do anything for yep. six years right yep that yep. is a bit mental I would I, yeah. I would not have put you down as that person I just wouldn't have like not that's a bad thing it's just really no, surprising it,
3: it, yeah it, it really what it, it knocked my confidence it really did um it it, it like I said I'd done this something amazing but um sort of the feedback was was I um well yeah this is yeah. before the
1: internet isn't it these are the days before the internet yeah
3: yeah, yeah so the yeah. only
1: feedback you really have but those are the, your peers and the people that were directly around you
3: yeah exactly yeah, um yeah. so it was um yeah so six years later I was um I was known as the person who ran the seven marathons in seven days. I massaged because um, I was a sports massage therapist. Um, I had lots of runners coming to me because I, I I'd had the reputation of being that that crazy person, and also, you know, a good massage therapist mm-hmm. because she knew knows how a runner feels and everything. That. And I was watching all these people doing these amazing things, and I, like, and I was thinking, what's happened to me? I was the person who was doing all of this stuff, and and I now I'm just watching people doing it, and 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 it it, it 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 took a while, it took ages to sort of like drum up that courage, and and um it was in 2016 that I thought, you know what, I I've got to do something for myself again. Uh, what will I do? Um, and that's when I, I I found this the Jungle Ultra. So I went from nothing <laughs> for a long spate to um, doing one of the hardest foot races in the on, on the earth. I can <laughs> see a pattern emerging in your behaviour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh so I threw gosh. I threw myself in um and uh yeah gave myself three months to get ready um which didn't sound a lot but i'd been training all the while up to that point so it was just three months of intense training um carrying a backpack and everything like that went to peru ran the jungle ultra and went this is you know i'm back yeah you know i i might i i felt great I um, realised that this was the thing that that really get you know made me feel good. Um, I want to do more of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long is the that jungle ultra? There's a few jungle ultras. This
1: one's a Peru yeah, one, right? Yeah,
3: that's a Peru one. That was 230 ks in five days. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was that was a pretty cool one. Um, and It's pretty Uh, punchy when you've had that amount of time off. It's not like you've been doing multi
1: day races in between. It's just like, I'm just going to do this in really high humidity with loads of things that want to kill me.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) uh, it's probably, I think it's probably best when you don't know um, exactly. You don't, well, you put thought into it, but not excessive amount of thought <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> if, you,
1: yeah. if you start to panic about stuff then you'll never do anything so i'm totally yeah. with you on that one um yeah. so that was kind of your moment of like this is what i love doing and this is what yeah I'm yeah amazing yeah. so how did you come up with these ideas for these ludicrous country based across round in and out runs and why? Okay. why the hell would you do that
3: <laughs> okay so um that 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 the Jungle Ultra was in 2016 and that was my 49th birthday present to myself mm-hmm. um, and turning 49... Lots 49- of people buy themselves a nice designer coat. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought myself a flight, oh, nice, and a hammock, <laughs> and a backpack, and and some dry, dried freeze freeze dried food. Yeah, I'm a happy birthday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that was that thought. That was the thought process. Then it's like, oh my god, I'm about to turn fifty. I was a, a year away, but uh, oh my god, I'm turning fifty. What uh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back to this whole thing of of um, reading deep carnesi's book 50 and 50 and i thought right okay i'm gonna i am gonna run 50 marathons in 50 days um uh for my 50th birthday um and i started looking around um and and checked out the uh the the guinness world record and found an article um about a, a a woman who'd run 60 marathons in 60 days um and i thought well you know uh 50 sounds like 60 um if I <laughs> I may as well do 60. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to do 60, then I may as well try and beat it. Um, so I came up with um, the, the concept of, right, if I go on the road for nine weeks, nine sevens are 63, um, I'm going to run 63 marathons in 63 days. And because I want to um, do something really big, really crazy, um, I'm going to make this a tour of the U.K., um, and I grabbed <laughs> a map, and I went, okay, all the iconic places. Where am I going to go? Uh, and I had to start at John Groats and I had to hit Land's End. Um, I wanted to hit St David's, and I just chose the sixty-three lo- uh, iconic locations that an Aussie traveller like myself would want to go and visit. And uh, that's how that that whole thing came about. That's insane! Like you don't have,
1: <laughs> like. Did you have? Surely somebody was helping you to plan these routes, like. Because I'm useless with a map. I've done a lot of self-nav races, but I have a very, very special GPS tracker. His name is Julius Naeem. And he puts <laughs> things on his watch, and he, make, he goes on recce with me, and he makes sure I don't get lost. And then if, if he gets an OS map out, I'm totally not interested in that. Don't care. And until I'm lost, and then it's his fault. So, so how did the planning go into this? Like two, right, two things. First off, who helped you with the planning? Because someone must have taught you how to plan this stuff. Or did you wing it? Secondly, how did you find the time... And the money to finance doing that. Mm, This is a big deal because people don't talk about this very often. They just go, yeah, I did it. It was great and I'm awesome.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) that's not how it worked. Um, So the 63 um, was was all me doing all the planning um, uh, for most of the time um, up until – uh, I met somebody, uh, Sharif, who you know, um, and I met him three months before my start date. Up to that point, I had gone, I, I'd, I'd gone to, I'd got the map out, found my 63 locations and then started looking for um, uh either um, races or, you know, marathons, um, ultras in the area that I could just copy their maps. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's how I put that together. Um, When Sharif uh, came on board, um, he uh, then made sure that he um, did the the mapping of the the maps so that I actually had something to follow proper. Mm -hmm. Um, And... um, yeah, it, it, it was really, really, um, uh, I was, um, what's, what's the right word, um, overambitious is mm-hmm. <laughs> probably the right word, yeah. is that I got started um, and had this, this perfectly mapped out um, idea of 63 loca- different locations. Um, we were going to travel from one place to the next. Sharif was going to keep w- be with me for the first week and then I was going to be on my own for the, the rest of the eight weeks. Um, and after that uh, first Four days, we discovered that that wasn't ever going to happen, and then it became a um, a rolling, changing um, uh, uh, event um, okay. as things, as obstacles kept popping up. So, um, y- you asked how we financed this. I um, I had had saved money, um, and um, it wasn't a lot of money um, enough to buy a van. Um, an old van
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, which I was going to live in um, and to keep costs down I was going to drive from location to location. Oh my um,
1: god you're absolutely <laughs> mental.
3: <laughs> yeah uh, and um, yeah that was probably the the, the thing that i just totally misjudged was the distance between the each location so um sort of some of the drives were three to four hours long after i'd run Mm -hmm. um and the the van we bought was a a really old van he was a fantastic van we um we had a a facebook competition to to name the van so he, he he became stan the van uh you know a lot of thought put into that you're saying it's Um, like it's a really really
1: nice bloke who then ends up being put (laughs) in prison for something really bad like his name is lovely the
3: thing is Stan the van was old and he broke down um and I knew Stan um, was an
1: arsehole the minute that you mentioned him (laughs) he was gonna let you down
3: Uh, how soon into
1: how soon into the run did he break down
3: I think it was day five. Oh, great. Okay,
1: good. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Um, And that's when plans had to change. Um, So... um Whilst we were still traveling and I realized that I couldn't drive this van. Um, This van was old and it it, it didn't even have power steering or anything like that. And it was just like, you know, I was, I was, my legs were pretty knackered anyway. But um, yeah, there was no way I was going to be able to drive a, um, uh, the van. Um, So uh, we started looking at, at, at ways. So we were in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were trying to find out ways of, of um, trying to get the van back to Nottingham so we could get the van fixed so that we could go back on the road again. Um, and, of course, I had to run a marathon a day, so we were trying to work out timings and everything yeah. like that. And um, Anyway, we, 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 we worked our way through it. Um, it, it that first week was, was amazing. It was Stressful, um, and it was just the start of of, of how you work out or, or how you overcome obstacles. Because um, all the way along, there was uh, obstacles that got thrown up in in, in our way. Um, and it was being able to be able to think on our feet, um, being able to run, um, being able to run when I didn't feel like it, when um, I, you know I was throwing up. I was uh, sorry. This is <laughs> this no, getting a, a little bit a little bit. Um, gross no um, no because it, the
1: thing is about this right is it's absolutely real because there are so many people who go and do stuff like this and it looks especially in the in the internet world god i bang on about the internet world but it's like no it's not like that because you are gonna have days where it's pissing down with rain you yeah. feel sick you yeah. everything is wet you're cold you're tired you hate everyone like they don't really see that side of it. So I think it's really important that people realise that these. I don't understand how this happened that your van broke down and you kept going. Because I think even for someone like me, I'm not the most positive person in the world. People will attest to that. But I will try and overcome things and, and jump up in the face of adversity and be like, fuck you adversity. But that to me would be like, what am I going to do now? The plan is it.
3: <laughs> it, well, it, it did feel a little bit like that, but um, yeah, we, we we kind of worked out how to to get the van back. So it it basically involved um, doing a marathon in Glasgow. Um, getting in the van um, and starting to drive home. The van broke down again um, and the AA or Flag or whoever came out to us um, and said, you're going to have to wait till the morning um, to, uh, to to drive the car because you can't drive with the electrics on, you can't drive with lights on. So we sat uh, – we, we got um, – taken to a um a, a truck stop um and um <laughs> that was at two o'clock in the morning um and uh the, we stayed at the truck stop and you could hear the trucks all night. Um I hadn't eaten so we were eating I don't know sausage rolls out of the truck stop place um uh, and um in the morning at sort of five o'clock in the morning when the, the, it became light we got a jump start on the van. Uh Sharif drove uh the seven hours back to Nottingham. Um, and um got home I think it was about midday um and uh had a, a, an hour's nap on the um, on the sofa and then got up and ran a marathon. So that was my marathon number eight. Oh my gosh. Um And yeah, that day was there was a it was a there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of throwing up. There was a lot of um, like I don't think I can do this. And that was after the first week. And I'm like, oh, I've got eight weeks left. Mm-hmm. And like, what am I going to do? Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it you have to really understand why are you going to do this Um, so that when these problems do come up, you've got the um, mental strength to say, right, me doing it is more important than me giving up. Um, And I, I, I'd worked on that for a really long time of, of all my whys and, and I had them written down. I, I wrote wrote about them all the time. Um, I told Sharif about them. He kept feeding them back to me when I was like, oh, no, I can't do this. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he kept feeding them back to me saying, remember, remember, remember. And, and that was what got me through. Um, and there was many more tough days. Um, and you asked about financing. Um, uh, there was a couple of times when we were out on the road where we had to um, ask, phone Charisse's mum and ask her if she could send us some money for some petrol so that we could get to the next place. Um, it, it, it's really tough. And, um, uh, yeah, you've, you've got to back yourself 100% to do this because, yeah, the money's money was an issue. Um, uh, tiredness, um, <laughs> um you've food. just got you just got this
1: new boyfriend guy he's come into your life three months before know, three and now months. he's given up his entire, entire life to drive around in a van that hates him after his girlfriend <laughs> which i just think is mental
3: it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing wasn't it <laughs> yeah but
1: where the, where the hell did you find him um but um so what were your wives like what what are the things that make you go i've got to do this i want to do this i've you know what what are they
3: um, so for that one, I, I had, um, uh, said to a friend that I'd raise money for the charity that helps him out. So it was Huntington's disease association. Um, and, um, my friend Dirk has Huntington's, um, watching him deteriorate. Um, it, it's a disease that is eating away at his brain. So, um, you know, it, it, it will kill him. Um, there's no cure, um, and just watching him go through his days, um, uh, you know, his life um, and his days, and, and never giving up, um, and finding um, the joy and, and the happiness um, is was like, well, if if Dirk can do that, I can do this. This is this is something that, you know, there's a start and there's an end. Um, I can I can work through this. I can go through this this pain. Um, uh, so that that was that that was um the altruistic one the intrinsic one was there was a little bit of uh, all those people who said i can't do this i'm going to make sure i do because i want to <laughs> there's a little bit of i want to prove them wrong um but i i worked with a um a psychologist before i went off and did this um uh and um it's trying to twist everything into a more positive uh, a more uplifting um uh, way of of thinking so rather than go you yeah, know i'm doing this to to prove them wrong it's actually you know what i'm there trying to prove myself right mm-hmm. um and and the working with psychologists was a great thing um a friend of mine um i knew that i need needed some Help. Um, so that's why I, I spent all this time and effort on writing about my whys, knowing the the, the whys, um, understanding the the what is, What if I don't? What if I do? Um, and and she gave me all these tools to help me um, so that when it, the going got tough, I had these tools to back me myself up and and keep going and keep. Um, keep uh that thought alive that i can do this Mm
1: -hmm. and what did you think was going to happen at the end like this i'm always fascinated by this right did you think that at the end the bbc are going to be there with like a great big wadge of cash asking you to go and film a documentary (laughs) or there would be book deals showering down around your face or some philanthropist would give you twenty thousand pounds what did you think was going to happen
3: at the end not not really um I, i all I wanted to do was try and get as many people to um, to join me and do their thing as well. So, so that's I, another I really why, lucky. right? It's like the inspiring yeah, it, of people. Yeah, okay. it was another why, yeah. So um, the very first marathon, I had a guy turn up um, who had never done more than a 10K before. Um, and he said, "Yeah, I'll give it a go. Who knows? We'll, we'll see how we go." Um, and he had, before he arrived, um, put uh, little packets around. He knew the course that I was going to run. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a forty k forty two k loop around um, O'Groats. So he he dropped himself off some water and some food, um, and he started running with me. And obviously, it's a, it was a loop. Um, and the further he got into the loop, the, the less chance he had of back actually back backing out um and yeah he'd never run more than 10 k's before and um he did the entire thing um as we came back towards um john o'groats um he's like oh, i can't do this so, you know and like, come on mate you've, you've only got like a, you know a, a, a a kilometre you've only got 500 metres you've only got and he kept like no 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 I can't do it (laughs) oh my gosh when he crossed when he finished when the the the, um, the the distance hit that thing he you know I, I said right you've done it and he, he dropped to the floor and he was just like in tears and I was in tears because he'd done something so amazing mm-hmm. um, and that was um, sort of a, a common thing that I had um, people come and run with me who hadn't run those sort of distances before and gave it a go um, and it was just like that was a beautiful part of the the adventure, beautiful part of the story, watching other people um, you know, do this thing, Chasing Extraordinary, um, mm-hmm. that I talk about. Um, that they'd watched me and were encouraged enough to um think, well, what can I do? Yeah, amazing. That's the thing I like the most is
1: is even when I think last year the year the hot London Marathon it's not the one just gone, the one before that. Yeah. I had a friend who I trained to run um, London and um, he wanted to do it in sub four because he'd plucked that number out of the air and he ended up doing it at 425 because it was boiling and he'd never done it before and I just remember his little face when he, by the time he got in this is me doing a bit of a humble brag, I'd been I'd had two pints, smoked a fag hanging out outside Charing Cross waiting for him like where the hell is he and uh, he just walked towards me, I've never seen him look like that, I've known this, this guy for 14 15 years and he was in floods of tears and he was just like why is it so hard and I was like oh my god like gave him a cuddle and I totally forgot that because I'd done it yeah. a load of times you know how to regulate yourself don't you but seeing someone do it for the first time yeah. and I'm pretty sure I was like that when I did my first one um like it was just amazing and he was so proud of himself but also beating himself up because the whole time thing which I was like that's absolute rubbish but <laughs> it is yeah. that thing isn't it seeing someone come over a line who's who's not ever thought that, that was a poss- possible thing for them to do um yes. so yeah so you get to the end of 63 and 63 or do you and what happens
3: all right so yeah um so on that very final day um i i did have um the film crew there they they um there you go. It's, it was it's a uh, dream <laughs> um it was um east midlands tonight they came along um and they interviewed some people so i had um friends fly in from australia to come and oh run God, with amazing. me on this i know they, they turned up the night before they they arrived at heathrow dro- drove up to nottingham turned up um uh, to the pub the night before because we were at the pub <laughs> oh. <laughs> and um um And then they came and ran with me the the next day. Um, So um, it was my friend Michael and his daughter, Bridget. And Bridget had never run a marathon before. So she was not only jet lagged, (laughs) travelled halfway around the world. She ran her first marathon with me. Um, I I had um, another friend fly over from um, the Netherlands. And then there was just people all day long. Um, So we'd... um, the, that, that final day I'd um, <laughs> decided to run it, it at my um, the local woods. And my run at the local woods is um, in the shape of a, um, a penis. <laughs> oh, excellent. How grown up. <laughs> so um, everybody who ran with me, who ran a loop with me, uh, got that on their Strava. So it was a little piece of Strava art um, spe- specifically designed uh, for, for that m- memorable occasion. I had to um, find this,
1: this loop because I think that the bad boy running community would quite like to organise some sort of ultra
3: there. <laughs> I think you need to. Yeah. I think you need to. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> um and yeah, so I had um, all these people, um, they, uh, you know, it, it, all day long, people came and, and ran a loop with me. So I think the loop was a four and a half K loop. Um, so people came and joined me, did one, two, three. Um, and uh, yeah, but coming up to that final um, uh, the finish line, um, coming from the woods we we then sort of had this finish line at the very top of this um the highest point in Leicestershire which was a stupid stupid idea <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like running around <laughs> to then finally sort of like, like oh god I've got to get to up there uh, anyway slogged my way up this hill and I'm, I'm not joking I think I had people behind me pushing me up, up this Brilliant. hill because I was just like oh, and finally crossed that finish line and um yeah it was it was better than I ever could have imagined and I do a lot of visualization and I imagine all these things and I write all of this stuff down but it was so much better um it, there was so many people um Dirk was there my friend with Huntington's mm-hmm. um uh, it, you know it was just it wasn't just me it was it was everybody who was there, and all the people who would followed all the way through. Um, uh, you know, it 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 was uh, wonderful. So,
1: see, so, um, i you took a little bit of time off. Would you take like 20 years off running? <laughs> or, or... No. So that was that
3: was the that was the thing is that I had promised myself that I was never going to take that um that that time off or 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 give up on this stuff. Um, I knew that what I wanted to do. Um, and I, whilst I was running my 63 marathons, I was like, right, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Um, and and that was it was a, 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 a you know a decision to give myself something else to think about, so that come the end of it, I wouldn't get too down about it mm. finishing. Yeah. Um, and I had something else to look forward to. Um, and I decided that I was going to. Uh, run across Australia at that point um, I just hadn't put a date on it um, uh, when I finished the 63 it did take me a little bit longer to than what I'd originally thought to sort of get over that um, sort of that, that down. Um, Do you, after you mean the a...
1: epic depressive grief hole of self hatred, self loathing, and questioning everything? That
3: yeah, you know that one. Oh, yeah, I, I yeah, know that yeah. one.
1: I live in that hole most of the time. Yes,
3: yeah, so, um, so, so it is a real thing. It's an actual um,
1: real thing, and it's because it's basically like once all the noise has stopped, and it's worse yeah. nowadays with the internet. Once all the noise has stopped, who cares? And that's yeah. the question. And all of the joy that you've spread, and all of the thing, all of the people that have run various distances that have never done it before so what and and then that and this is it and it's like that's the question for you yeah. to answer or for you to try and find some other way to fulfill that yourself but Ooh. having to do better but always having to do more or go further well, or do better
3: yeah, that was, that was a that was a thought, and, and actually, the, in the last few days, uh, as, as we're coming up to the 63, it was like, should I keep running? Um, I, I think I could go more. Why, why not? Shall I just keep going? And uh, it was like, no. I, I specifically gave that point, and I had to go back to work as well because there was no money there. Yeah. Um, did you so have like a day was... off
1: before you went back to work, or did you just go straight <laughs> to <into> the office?
3: <laughs> I can't remember. No, I think I had. A, I think I had a few days um but I work for myself so you know it, it, it's uh um yeah I, I'm pretty flexible <laughs> yeah. when it comes to that sort of stuff it's but, easy um, to bankrupt yourself kids just work for yourself, <laughs> you can always give yeah. yourself time <laughs> um yeah so it was uh, um so I had this thought of Australia um and it took me a little bit time to sort of get over it and and I'd originally thought, right, the next year I'm going to run across Australia, and it just it wasn't ever going to happen. It, it's too big, um, and I needed a lot more money. So, um, yeah, so I decided um, that I was going to still do something. I was going to run something. So, um, yeah, that's when I decided to uh, go to Ireland and run around Ireland. Ireland. So, so I ran around it. I didn't run across it. I ran around it. <laughs>
1: oh right okay I got that wrong sorry everybody I, can't read. Obviously, I obviously can't read plain English on a website but hey I do more research than Hellard and Rainsford I know Nikki's second name um, so you decided to run around Ireland okay yeah, fair yeah. now can I ask a question here again sure. I know I keep harping on about this but it's because of my own experiences with my own adventure time um, which is basically costing me my entire life Um, and then all of the borrowed money that goes on the big plastic cards, and then all of those things, and me just trying to pretend it'll be okay. Why did you... Whoa, Whoa, you've fallen on the floor, Matt! (laughs) Sorry. That's okay, that's exciting, it's like parkour. Um, Are you getting back up off the floor now? There we go. (laughs) Um, Why did you decide to run around Ireland instead of just saving all your pennies so you could do the epic massive um australia run
3: well i, I wish i'd thought of that now <laughs> because coming up for australia um is is really difficult um but uh yeah it was more of just the the the, thing, the thought that you know what i want to do this um and i'll find a way um so uh I've been very lucky that Sharif um, has been working and continued to – he worked all through the 63, um, by the way, and um, and then I – he worked – uh, through ireland um and i do have a business that was sort of running in the background um and uh yeah rather than save up and and, and um of for this australia i thought now nah, i'll be able to do that i'll be able to run across around uh, ireland and um then the following year run across australia um and uh, i'll be able to finance it um like you say it, 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 there become there comes a time when you have to work out what it is that you know how much commitment you are making to this um and um whilst just running around ireland wasn't um very expensive um it uh, it still took up money and it still took up time time
1: is money um, though isn't it time is, yeah it, it is money, absolutely right,
3: so. The, the upside was that um, in the process of running a, a, around um, Ireland, I um, I had schools come and join me. So um, when I did my 63 marathons, I, I went and visited quite a lot of schools along the way, um, talked to kids about this, this adventure that I was doing. Um, and then when I finished, one of the schools came back to me and said, is there any way we can get involved in your next adventure? Uh, okay, yeah. Um, yes, you can uh, give me ten thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I went. I went to the school and we worked out um, what they would, um, what they could do. Um, we put a little brochure or a little booklet together, which was all about mindset um, and um, my superpowers that I talk to the schools about, which is being ambitious, being brave being determined and persistent and we put this little booklet together um and um we got the schools to come to to run with me to run with me virtually so they did their run at school so they would do their daily mile mm-hmm. um and they as a team the school kids um clocked up the same mileage as i did while i was running around ireland um and they followed me um oh, wow. on a little map so it, it was really really fantastic um so uh, that was uh, sort of another reason why I, I, I want to do these things and why I'm going to keep doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was after coming back from Ireland and going, right, Australia's next. Um, how am I going to finance this? Um, it was that decision making process then that I was like, all right, I'm going to sell my house. I'm going whoa, to find Whoa, whoa, this.
1: whoa, 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 You're going to sell your house, okay? Yeah. This is actually quite. This is, there's going to be people listening to this podcast that are like, that is just stupidity. But there are some <laughs> people like me who are like, yay, it's only a house. Um, but that is a massive, massive thing to do to finance something that a lot of people and I'm just playing devil's advocate because I don't think this but a lot of people will think is a frivolous selfish endeavor for no reason and a lot Mm. of people will see it that way and they won't understand that actually what you're doing is trying to show that you don't have to live the same way the way society deems that we have to live which I think Uh is brilliant because I think there's too much pressure on have to get married, have to have a baby, have to have a house, have to do this, have to earn money, have to have a pension. It's like, you don't have to do anything. Um, So I think that's amazing, but that is a huge deal. Like it's enormous.
3: It is a huge deal. Um, And there was a lot of thought put into it, but then it was that, that whole thing of like, how much do I um, believe in what I'm doing? How much do I want to back myself? And ultimately, um, I want to back myself, and I believe that that you say, say you know you, that people might say that this is quite um, uh, selfish. Um, that y- yes, um, going off and running um, and and following your your dream goals and ambitions might seem very selfish, but actually, um, uh, well, I, I get I get schools to join me, um, so. Um, I go and talk to, to kids at schools and, and talk tell them about what I'm doing and, and get them to see and feel and experience the joy and the fun of running and the adventure of it. Um, and we talk about um, uh, kids being, they can be fast, they can be slow, they can be somewhere in the middle, they can walk, they can run, we can hop, skip and jump if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if they're part of the school team then they're a really important part of the school team. It doesn't matter what, what distance they do, if they've put in the effort then their effort counts to the school team. So we talk a lot about teamwork and togetherness but then we also talk about um, personal progression is, mm-hmm. is you know, the, the kid might only be able to do one loop of this, the school track and by the end of the, the you know, whatever the, the distance is, the, the nine, five weeks or the nine weeks, they may be able to do four or five and, and and so they get to see this, and they also then get to feel that that they're, they're part of the team, um, and 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 that 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 accomplishment and that feeling of um, of uh, I can do can do this um, is a real tangible thing, and um, that's kind of, that's what we're talking about when we go to the schools, and, and we want them to feel this and and, and experience it. Um, but I actually think that is a massively important
1: thing that people should everybody just rewind like a minute and a half and listen to that again because i live with a nine-year-old called oscar who i haven't just found on the street he does belong to my boyfriend he's a human and he is very good at sport and he's very gifted at sport and he's always first and he's always mr sprint and always this that, and the other and the other day i was talking to him about he's been putting this special I was about to say, he's been put in the Special Olympics, but I don't mean it like that. He's been put into this Special <laughs> Olympics group at school where, um, where he um, is basically, there's four of them and they go out to other schools and then they compete against the other schools, right? Oh. And he's talking about the groups in within his school, um, within athletics and within running and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, yeah, there's top, middle and bottom. And I'm like, what? He's like, top, middle and bottom. I'm like, is that what they call the groups? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Oscar, that's awful. I was like, so what's to be top? how'd you get on top it's like, oh you're really fast and you and you are always at the front I'm like what about bottom he's like you're just not very good and I'm like what are we teaching children if we put them into those categories of yeah. in order to be good at something you have to be fast or be strong what has happened to this idea that trying to do something or just doing it a bit slow or whatever pace you want to do it is just it's as okay. great as yeah. doing it fast the fact that they're moulding these kids into oh your bottom which means you're rubbish that does not inspire children to want to do better or to want to be outside more whereas what you're saying to them is doesn't matter how you do it or when you do it or how fast you are doing it all that matters is that you do it and i think that's a massively important message so i absolutely applaud you for that because Uh, we are in a society that is still based judgment how good you are is based on how fast and how quick and how strong you are but I don't think that that's that that's necessarily true. Um, no. So with the kids, you, the kids have been involved for a while, haven't they? You've been doing quite a lot of yeah, stuff schools. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So that's for the last two years, um, and I, I go around to schools and talk to them. And um, this is uh, my where I want to take this, mm-hmm. um, why I want to do this, and and, um, and why I'm willing to back myself i guess that's the thing uh, it also helps that you know i'm 52 <laughs> so that is my age um uh, my son is 18 he's about to go to um university um i've done that whole thing of raising my child and um and uh, having the house and everything like that i don't want it need it now yeah. um and what i want to do is is this other thing and and build this up um and Obviously, the, the more adventures I do, the more I can talk about them, um, and and that becomes a a, a um, way of, of um, earning money, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it's thinking outside of that that normal nine to five job. It's not that anymore, um, and uh, yeah, but you have to um like anything like uh, going to uni you've got to invest in yourself to be able to do these things so yeah. you know it, it, it is that um, that I, that way of, of thinking that i'm 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 going through at the moment is that i i, I will pay this to do these adventures so that i can build on what it is I'm trying to do yeah that's it but the
1: the whole thing is what is it that I'm trying to do because it is very very difficult to put that into into kind of a box and I think with the way the growth god I'm such an old person the growth of the internet has actually really (laughs) had quite a bad effect on people like me and you who are like I want to go and do this to show that I can do it or I want to go and do this to be the first person to or I want to go and do this because uh, I'm one of those people that uh, has got some extreme mental health difficulties, but I'm going to do it, and it's going to make me, you know, start to love my life again. And I'm going to show you that if you get outside, well, you can do it. Whatever it is, um, but then the thing is, you haven't got 796 million Instagram followers, so no one wants to sponsor you. Nobody wants nope. to give you a van. Nobody wants to give you food or give you clothes or pay for your plane ticket. Plus, you've got thousands of people also trying to do stuff, get stuff for free, mm-hmm. um, who are influencers. So you know it used to be that there was a a way of doing this that was a lot easier because there wasn't so much out there that could be seen by the normal person do you know what i mean Mm. but now there's so much out there i think a lot of it from what i see on um the instagrams and the face twats and all that sort of stuff a lot of it's not completely real at all and it's not even really that inspiring or relevant to the next generation or to our generation um and it just makes it really really hard and I think it's a massively brave thing to do to go I'm going to just like you say invest in yourself what used to be let's go to university and get a degree now it's like no you need to do more than that do you know what I mean just like Mm. to to kind of further yourself in order to be able to do well, chasing extraordinary it's like what you know it's it's what's emblazoned on your t-shirt all the time it just takes a lot more to have to, to be able to do that
3: it does and and again this is where you have to have that that mental strength or or that that certainly the mental strength and the mental belief that you have um everything that you need um so whilst i i need a van (laughs) um and i need to pay for that um, i need one million pounds in a (laughs) pony <laughs> um, I know that at the end of it I'm, I'm capable of writing I, I can write a book um, I, I've, I've written one I, I, I I'll write another one um, and it, it then it just becomes a um, a, a, strat- a, a, a um, the the thing is I actually have to sit down and do it and that's that's the difficult part is actually sitting down and writing but um, you there's all these skills that um that you start um uh building on so it's the ability to write the ability to speak the ability to um uh, influence is, is the right word but it's it, it sounds it's, it, influence means, it doesn't so, sound influence means something yeah. different now
1: to what it used to mean
3: it means yeah. something different so, now. At, at, at the age of 19, I started working in the gym. I, I was an aerobics instructor. My job, I got paid to be the person out in front to inspire, to encourage, and to help people. I, I'm i now doing that um in the way that i want to do it so i'm not working in a gym i'm i'm doing it in this way i'm i'm doing the adventures i'm i'm showing people what i'm doing um i'm um helping encouraging and inspiring um in a different way and that then means that i my income comes in in a different way mm-hmm. um through through speaking through um uh, writing um so yeah the that it's just as much as the internet is a bad thing it's also provided it, it's made this um choice of lifestyle a thing as well so yeah, i
1: totally, take i, you, I can totally agree with you on that and i don't think the internet is that i mean it's got cats and it. it's got cat memes what would we, we do without cat memes man What my dog's instagram channel but um but you know at the same time i think it has made things a lot more difficult especially I think maybe in the mental health sphere of you've always got someone to compare yourself to whereas back in the day when you did your first seven in seven there wasn't really <laughs> anyone to compare yourself to right no that's so you're right, an absolute right. badass legend because <laughs> as far as anyone knew outside their little bubble no one else has done it now it seems like everywhere I go people are doing 700 marathons in seven days and it's like yeah. are they and like there's t-shirts and medals and I'm just like ah, oh. well I've not really done very much which is bullshit because it's my story not their story and it's it's about why I do it not why they do it and it's the same with you like I think thinking about legacy is important and about the legacy that you are that you are kind of building up to kind of i'm not saying you're gonna die in australia but leave behind um you know because these kids they're at formative age where they they do need to have face-to-face contact with people who are saying to them anything is possible and you don't have to just go along the lines of uh, that society you don't have to go and become a digital product manager because i think that's the only job that is actually available for children now is everyone goes to be a digital product manager or a, or a seo person or a, i don't know uh, doctor maybe but you won't get paid very much um so I think that that's important as well and um and it's and it's really good to hear you talking honestly about the fact that it is not just
3: like woohoo I've got loads of money I'm just going to go off on a jolly around Australia um, yeah, no no it's it's not and 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 to the point where um I've had to um sort of delay my start um because the house hasn't sold yet so you know it, it,
1: it. Do buyers? Would I, you like to buy the house that Nikki Love lived in?
3: Anybody interested in buying a four-bedroom house in Nottingham? <laughs> uh, I, I have one up for sale.
1: Excellent. Um, there's no discount, everybody. In fact, it's more it's more expensive to anyone anyone listening to the podcast because Nikki lived in it. Um, so, what's the plan for Australia then? What's the plan now? Because I know you were going to start in August, um, yeah. But you have had to put it back a little bit. Yep.
3: Yeah, so. Um, if I don't start in August, which it's not going to happen because I haven't sold my house, um, then um, my next window of opportunity um, is uh, sort of because it's coming um, into uh, summer. And um, Mate, you know, I thought it was always summer in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's uh, – it, no <laughs> there oh. is a cool there is a cool section a cool time of year a cooler time of year um and uh, oh gosh uh, i spoke to my mum and dad the other, on, on the weekend and they said oh, you know it's freezing here it's absolutely freezing and i'm like oh, okay what this what's the temperature 17 degrees oh. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah it, it, it is cooler um uh, so um and then it starts getting too hot um and and you can deal with hot um so you've run the desert i've run the desert um you can deal with hot for a short p- period of time mm-hmm. um but not for two months um and i want to give myself the best opportunity to to run across australia um and uh so i'm going to wait until it starts cooling down again so that will be uh next year is there, um, is there a
1: time limit on the australian run or are you just going to keep going until you're finished
3: uh so there there is a um it is a, a world record attempt. Um the the current world record is sixty seven days. I'm gonna try it for um my goal was to try and do it in sixty three days. You love uh, sixty three, don't you? I love that number. What are you gonna do when you're sixty three. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I've gotta get there first. <laughs> um yeah, so so it, it it is um sort of trying to do um Fast is not when you talk about my running and the word fast, they don't really go together very well. I, I plod along at my own speed, which is a very comfortable. Um, What's about five miles an hour or something like that.
2: That's,
3: as far as I'm concerned, that's
1: ultra running pace, and that's brilliant.
3: Yeah. So yeah. um. So yeah, that's that was the um that was the goal um uh, to 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 run um from perth uh to sydney uh that's the the two marking points and um yeah try and do it in under 67 days and um, what
1: sort of support are you gonna have like you i know you're gonna have sharif but are you gonna try and get crews because australia i said this before i've been on podcasts with people that have done australia before but they've kind of skirted across the issue of the fact that it's an extraordinarily dangerous place and you can die out there
3: yeah um no it's just me and sharif right. <laughs> um and um, uh, hopefully we'll have um, some people sort of popping in um, film crew and um, I'm, I'm hoping that people will join me in the, the, the Perth section and then again through the um, the Sydney section when I finish. Um, I'm hoping that my mum and dad might come along and sort of like cheer me on a little bit. Um, my sister's already told me she's busy, so, you know. Oh, wow, <laughs>
1: Honestly, my sister's moving house I haven't said I'm going to help her I must change that and tell her I'm not going to help her I mean I am going to help her um but um wow it's, it's a such a massive undertaking though it's it's such a hostile environment like it is yeah what yeah. sort of what sort of yeah, I mean are you training for it is, is there any what top tips would you give do badders considering going and running a hot ultra when they live in the UK when it's not summer because I know you've had a really weird very hot summer
3: mm. um what what advice do i give them
1: yeah um, like how do you prepare for that how do you prepare for those really hot days and i imagine I've, i was married to australia for seven years but i never went but i imagine <laughs> from the uh from the imagery i've seen on the david attenboroughs and things there's a lot of planes and a lot of no shade and a lot of relentless yes yeah, so, so
3: so for 15 um uh, so i'm going to work in kilometers because um my head doesn't equate that back oh, actually i could probably equate it back if i work in big round numbers so 1500 kilometers mm-hmm. of of that so it's about a thousand miles um is just one straight road oh uh, my uh, gosh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talk about a mental um uh challenge one um, straight yeah. road that's a thousand miles road. long yep um surely and...
2: there's
1: got to be a cost of coffee on that or a starbucks <laughs> or something no.
3: No. wow no. there's road houses and the road houses are about 250 um kilometers apart from each other so um so if i'm running about 60 63 kilometers a day um I'm, i'll be in between road houses for what? three four days H- hello i'm english hello <laughs> what what is a roadhouse a roadhouse it's it's a uh, it's like your services along the the m1 but um those services don't have um uh your mns or um or uh, so it's a truck a truck stop so the, oh, this so is where road... you get murdered it's wolf creek <laughs> <laughs> okay good Glad we cut that up so they, these roadhouses so this road is is the connection between um south australia or, or yeah the, the west coast and the east coast mm-hmm. um and and there is only this one road, so it's where all the all the trucks go um, past, uh, go, go along, um, and they're the big, um, you know, those are uh, w- what do they call them? Train trucks or, or train things? Those long, so long it, train boys. Those yeah, yeah those yeah. long long um, trucks, um, and uh, yeah, there's 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 trucker stops <laughs> every about two hundred and fifty kilometers. Um, so yeah, that's a. Uh, in between, you, you, you just um, – well, the idea is you're supposed to drive <laughs> between them. But uh, we'll be stopping in um, – uh, well, that's the point of having the van. So, we'll have the van and we'll be just pulling over to the side. Um, but what and- about stuff
1: like water? Like, someone said to me in another podcast that there was loads of water. I'm not sure there is loads of water. Like there's just water everywhere. You can just get water out of an oasis or something.
3: Uh, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I didn't think that was that. that you, was have, the fact you have you have to you have to plan that. Yeah, you have to plan that. But that's the point of having the RV. So yeah. um, that's where the most of the cost is is um, is centered around is the RV, so that I have food and water mm-hmm. um, uh, for the entire um, journey. But you need to
1: know how much food and water, right? And to be honest with you, let's talk about throwing up, shall we? Let's talk about getting diarrhoea and getting dehydrated and the fact you might need to drink 15 litres in a day as opposed to the four that you're planning.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's... That's a, it, you, you have to think... And, and thankfully, this is, this is um, the... the, uh, the the upside is that I've done the the sixty three. I've run around Ireland. I, I'm, I've i now more experienced at, um, at putting some plans together. I'm not just sort of like I'm not going to wing this one. And um, yeah, we'll be making sure that there is more than enough water. Um, and and uh, the the idea of that. Um, we, hiring an rv from a um a reputable (laughs) car yard um so that it doesn't break down so we can't afford for a a van to break down um no because you'll die yeah that was pretty much it yeah so it it really is um we joke about it but it is it is a, a real thing so um uh we have to be sensible and smart about it yeah um and uh, yeah, make sure that everything has been thought of or, and contingencies. And yes, um, the having diarrhea um, is a is a big thing, for, you know, common thing for ultra running. Mm-hmm. Um, being dehydrated. Um, that that one thousand mile road um, is there is no trees along there, so you are const- will be constantly in the sunshine. Um, unless it's a cloudy day but have I got, think... Have you got any idea of how
1: was the sort of distance you'll cover every day? Is there like an opportunity to run at night so that you can kind of keep out the sun?
3: Um, yes the, the aim is to run 40 miles a day um, uh, for the 63 days mm-hmm. um, and no um, I don't I, I won't sort of be... <laughs> if, if it's dangerous during the day it's more dangerous through the night and um, oh yeah damn it, yeah. <laughs> damn it. Um, no I don't want to be out in 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 the dark um, so that's when the snakes and um, the the ruse and um, the all the other things um, the, the dangerous things sort of come out to play and um, now this my
1: friend is why i'm not running across australia and you are because i'd be like oh i just run at <laughs> night time when it's nice and cool um, which of course it's not nice and cool because it's still going to be what 17 degrees isn't
3: it <laughs> no it does drop down to um single digit figures in, in the evening so you know eight about eight degrees oh, or something like that job but best take
1: your north face then um
2: <laughs> right so
1: so nikki this has been put back till april next year how mm. can the do assemble to help you out with this what's the best way that we can help you out um with making sure that this is going to happen
3: right okay so if anybody knows anybody who <laughs> who um uh has a, a contact with an rv company in a, in in um australia either sydney melbourne or perth then yep yeah, let me know um uh so I've budgeted to pay for it, but you know any discounts are more than welcome. Um, uh, I I think mainly it, it's it's just trying to have support really, um, and uh, the more people cheering me on, um, the better it is for me. Um, uh, so yeah, it's it's all. Oh, um, Yeah, if you know anybody in Perth, um, know anybody in Sydney, we do actually have some Australian listeners. We have some Australian doobatters. All right, so so just yeah, get in contact with me because um, you know the more people I know uh, locally, the better. Yeah. Um, uh, What we'll be doing um, because we'll be filming it, um, recording everything. I've I've made friends with the uh, the South Australian truckers and the <laughs> the Western Australian truckers. Oh, Facebook they sound group. so fun. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that they have cameras on their dash cams, um, so if they get any footage of me, then I'll be asking for it. Um, yeah. So they, I've already made contact with them. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's. It's pretty much just you know if you want to if you do want to um, join in and see how far you can run um, across Australia we're going to have a um, a, a community um, that uh, you know a Strava community that um, you just you know put your own your, your Strava details uh, yeah. in there and, and see how far you can get across Australia um, in the nine weeks that I'll be taking to do it. Um, I won't be doing that. <laughs> i'm um, have a
1: breakdown in the panamanian jungle while you're there so <laughs> oh, right, another one oh. um so yeah but have you got you this is your chance to do your, your shout out for your socials have you got any kind of like patreon or one of those things where people can put in a bit of cash and they want to buy you a coffee or a bit of a, a, yes. a de-stress or anything like that or your facebook yeah. or instagram where can we find you where can we follow you where can we help you out
3: Okay, so I have got a, a website and it's uh, uk and on there I've got a pledge sport um, page which um, says buy me a coffee, um, buy a, a T-shirt I think, a Chasing Extraordinary T-shirt um, and uh, then a a, a, like a corporate sponsorship so um, you know if, if you've got any companies who want to sponsor some crazy lady to run across Australia um, then uh, we, we get to put logos everywhere um, and um, yeah I also do corporate talks so um, yeah if, you, if you're interested in that then um, by all means please go and take a look at that pledge sports page um, my socials are Nikki Love Runs um so yeah please and just go take pictures a look.
1: of your dog on them so that makes me very <laughs> happy
3: <laughs> so yes my dog um my my coach is is coach um at rufus runs no where is it at rufus at rufus the dog runs so yeah she's my coach um and uh yeah she's uh going to be um uh chief in charge of the the charities uh, that we are, are raising money for this time round. um so it's the i a p w a so it's a it's a dog charity um Amazing. and yeah and uh the, there will be one more charity but um, i'm still sort of deciding on that well and, um, if anyone has
1: any ideas for that as well um especially charities that have great big corporate hookups that want to match funding and buy an rv then get in touch with nikki yeah. um, well it's been really wonderful talking to you and i really appreciate your honesty in in explaining exactly how hard it is because i think it is hard uh, not mm. only because of the fact that you are a lady woman and that does make mm. it harder people this is a world that is made for men um but also defunding is hard man and it's like yeah as much as you might be trying to live your dream you're also trying to show people that there is more to life than sitting behind a desk nine to five feeling miserable and uh, going out and smashing out a really fast half marathon every weekend because that is not living my friend um, so yeah do bad is get behind Nikki? get um, onto her socials buy her a cup of coffee or buy her a beer mate you can buy her a little stubby <laughs> bars, I mean, she's out yeah. there yeah yeah um, and um yeah it's wonderful to talk to you also you are going to be at the national running show in january i believe i am yes so, i am um yeah everybody come everyone's coming to that anyway because you know we're hosting our own zone but it would be really great if you could come over and have a chat to the do about stuff and um, absolutely yeah best of luck with it basically and thanks for ch- chatting to me
3: thank you speak to you later nikki bye bye <laughs>
1: I love Nikki Love, but I think she's clinically insane for selling her house to go and run across the country.
0: <laughs> I know. Wow. that's. I mean, that's a huge deal, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Fair yep. play.
0: Proper commitment.
1: Yeah. One of the things that... Um, I've known Nikki for quite a while now. And one of the things that really sticks with me is she is so... Like, what's the word I'm looking for? She's a proper grafter. Like, she wants to do this stuff so much. She will literally sell her house to be able to do it um and she comes up against quite a lot of of walls in that you know like we've talked about it's really hard to get the money together to do this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and then there's a question of well why are you doing this sort of stuff are you trying to make yourself into a running celebrity like would you want to make money from it like but actually i think she genuinely enjoys running like one of those you know she's not like I want to be famous for running across Australia. She's like, I just want to run across Australia and I want to raise awareness for school kids of movement and all this sort of stuff. And since I interviewed her, I've actually been thinking about the, the the whole why behind it. Like why do you feel the need to do this so much that you will literally yeah. risk everything you have assets wise to do it? I think it's such a drive. It's, um, it's pretty impressive.
0: And uh, I, if you're someone who responds well to pressure as well, there's no better way to, <laughs> to put pressure on yourself. Than no, there isn't. Putting uh, uh, no. your whole line on the line, essentially. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's um, it is. It's a really interesting topic, and I don't. And I think you know, Rob talked about it when we when he talked about um, doing his Forrest Gump run, um, mm. and you know, she, and I think it's important for her to talk about it because you do see a lot of the like you, you look at like the Sean Conways of the world, and you just think that it happens like if you say you're going to do something epic loads of people will give you loads of money to go and do it but they don't they literally don't and with me being a, a female lady woman i'm always like but i'm a woman so people will sponsor me or give me money to go and run across a frozen lake they don't like they want you to be fast they want you to be um like break they want you to be properly breaking records um, they want you to have massive social media following so they want to be able to sell whatever it is that they're going to give you to try and sell um, and it just doesn't happen and all of this stuff is self-funded like every time I go and do a test pilot recce for, for our friends at Rat Race I have to pay for it I have to pay for the experience um, I have to get, pay to get there I have to pay to eat it costs a lot of money and and it, it's, it's the same and when you go out and set out to do something mental like run across a country it, not only does it cost you money in, in you know, getting out there logistics, van, food all that sort of stuff but also it costs you money and time because you're not working <laughs>
0: So well, you, you almost need to do it two or three because Sean really took off I, th- I think he said when he was filming himself um, mm-hmm. doing a kind of self video and then he fell over and got injured mm-hmm. and that stopped his attempt and that's what took him off is when the sun got behind him and were like look at this idiot Mm-hmm. Who, you know, wasn't watching was in because he was so obsessed with filming himself, which you know, older people love to mock. Um as youngsters. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, not really, uh not us, us youngs- yeah, not as as youngsters, yeah. Here's um, a
1: spoiler. Um, we are the older people now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are, we are. But I th- I think you with if you look at people like him and Danny Ben and Sean and um and uh oh, God, my stupid memory. Uh, who's the guy of oh, Ross Edgley, for example. Mm-hmm. What you hear about these amazing, epic challenges they're doing, but in reality, you probably hear about the third one they're doing. Yeah. And you know, Shaun has swum around the, the coast and mm-hmm. had massive profile, but people don't realise that he's already pulled a mini for a marathon before, and he's climbed a rope, up and down a rope, the height of Everest in one go, and he's what done,
1: the flipping yeah, Nora? I didn't he's, know that. Yeah, That's
0: nuts. He's, he's done yeah he's and that's the thing he's he's done the triathlon where he he did a triathlon with a tree carrying a tree on all of the legs and so i think the people see these challenges and like i would love to do that and look at the like look at the support you get Mm -hmm. and actually it's only once you've come back you've built up a bit of a following you then do your second one where you can leverage that to get at least some kind of exposure so by the end of it you're then in position to be able to get it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but the what be what i I'm really fascinates me about the one across Australia versus you know a, a lot of people do run across America but it's the fact there's just nothing there.
1: No there is in isn't. the middle and this is interesting as well, right? Because do you remember when we interviewed, I think it was, was it Richard Bowles, and he was talking about running yes. across Australia, and he was talking about yeah. it like he was going to, a, he was a park run tourist, and it was really easy. Whereas Nikki's like, no, it, it, there is no water. You know, talking about roadhouses being like 250 kilometres apart, it is yeah. petrifying, and it's too, it's really interesting to put the two of them, they're, they're coming at it from completely different angles. Like, Richard's just like, yeah. oh, whatever, it's a piece of piss. And Nikki's like, no, it's really, really awful and and, and tough. And it's like... It's just two really different takes on it and they're you know, that she's running down a road that's a thousand kilometres a thousand miles long. Imagine looking down a road that was a thousand miles long.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and and doesn't have any turns on it. And when you do see traffic, it's probably those absolutely colossal trucks that are towing kind of ten trucks behind them. And so you've just got no Stimulation at all No, and I also you,
1: you don't want to talk to those people Because I've seen Wolf Creek, I know what happens in Wolf Creek Like, there's there's Crazy people out there so, Yeah, I've and, seen Pee
0: Wee Herman's uh, yeah. it's a Big show, yeah, indeed
1: Yeah, and uh, also, yeah. she is a woman She does have her, her boyfriend with her But it's still a little bit Worse for us, sorry everybody, but it actually is And you don't know what that's like unless you are a woman um, But um, But yeah, it's uh, it's It's pretty Mental, and I just, I just really, really hope that she can get that world record because it seems to be, um, it seems to be quite an ask—sixty-three days um, to get across that—and I think the mental strength it's going to take to keep going is going to be absolutely immense. It's when I went to, when I went to Mongolia, one of the problems was the lake being so vast and being able to see everything and just being able to see ice and that was it and then the yeah. islands which never got any bigger and never seemed to get any closer because your perspective completely changes. no whereas if you go to, to like if you do a desert race you've got the dunes which yeah. are everywhere and you're like okay get to that one get to that one get to that one oh this is a bit where we go into a riverbed or oh, this is a bit where we go into a bit of shade so actually you're, you've got bits to look forward to but when it's exactly the same the whole time it's really hard that's that's one of the reasons i don't particularly like road running because it's pretty much the same the whole time um and there's no stimulation to be like oh i can't wait till we get to the splishy splashy or the river or the hill with trees um so i think it's going to take an enormous amount of um courage and her convictions to be able to do it i reckon she can do it because she's an absolute badass but um i just hope that she manages to get hold of her van and and sort that all that stuff out seems insane to me
0: um, yeah, absolutely.
1: But yeah. Uh, so, what's what are your next plans then, Howard? What's what's coming up next for you?
0: I do. I'm trying to think. I have no plans. I have no future. Um, I am hoping to try and do a park run. <laughs> <laughs> run that really slowly, and uh, after that, I, I can't even think. i In fact, oh, I've got I've got something that I was thinking the other day i 've got a new race I might put on what is the new okay
1: dragon's den so what's the new
0: race you have to, you have to let me know everything's a good idea, so it's probably going to be about eighty people it's going to start in uh Bermondsey city runners uh pub mm-hmm. The idea is that it's it's called it's even going to be called the barcraft craft bar cr- the barcraft beer craft beer run. oh my
1: God, it sounds amazing it trips off the tongue. <laughs>
0: Or, or the um, the cube Barge binge with B-A-R capital and the idea is it's not just about running and drinking it's also about how good are you at getting served so you start in the city uh, city uh, venue yep. and you can then either run left or right to or right to the end of the Bermondsey Beer Mile right. to whichever pub that is then you have to get served any alcoholic drink um, but it's you You can take cards, you can take cash, and you can choose whatever you want. But um, the other people can go to any bar they want as well. So it's the strategy of which which order I do it in, knowing that there'll be other people queuing. And there's also going to be punters in there. So you've got to try and get in. I was going to say, what, what time, start, when are
1: you planning on doing this? Are you planning on doing it on like a Friday night?
0: Probably going to be about 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon, I think. So it won't be packed, but it'll be it would be bubbling.
3: Yeah.
0: So the idea is that it's not just about drinking fast, running fast, a bit of strategy, but then how good are you at convincing the bar staff to serve you next? Um, uh, how are you going to police this? We do you are... you need marshals uh, in
1: every pub to keep an eye us with the clipboard? I think you do. I think you need do-badders. We need marshals to stand by the bar all day, um, checking that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm sure you'll have a few volunteers for that. <laughs>
0: we'll we'll refine the rules slightly but i think it cannot partially self-police and i part of the idea i was thinking is that you can't order what the person before you ordered it has to be different just so that someone's not doing shots the whole time oh, yeah. or they're doing shots the whole time if they're the fastest and so that's the strategy do you go all out on the first one to get in there first so yeah what do you think i actually think that's a really good idea and the good thing is It's not any work Because we don't have to Organise stuff Other than city runners Which is great Because Tim's already said it's He's happy for us to have it And then we just We stand in the middle And they run past us As they go from one side To the other We just get drunk Cheering everyone by it li-
1: So it's literally a mile Is it a mile?
0: I've no idea actually I, I mean I, I thought of this While I was running and then I've not done much research, but I don't think it's much more than a mile. I think it's one point three miles, one point four miles. Okay,
1: this is w- this is west. just a walk. This is just a pub crawl. It's just, literally just a pub crawl. <laughs> it's not hard. It's not a hundred miles. It's not any of that stuff. It's just a pub crawl. And you're going to charge yeah. people for this?
0: Um Probably only about ten quid um, to get street child just because. We're not giving them anything, so we can't really charge them much to do it. But I reckon a ten pound donation, and maybe I'll get Caffeine Bullet to sponsor the medals, so they get a medal. I uh, maybe. actually ah. cannot wait to read
1: the health and safety notes and insurance notes on this race. Oh, there won't be any.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, they'll be in the post. In the post.
1: <laughs> See, I had a really cool. interesting conversation with Andy Palmer, who is the race director of White Star Running, because myself and Julius need to do a 100 miler, because we just do, and we can't afford to do anything because we're going to do Malta, um, and yeah. we don't really want, there's nothing that's really taken our fancy, so um, we were like, well let's just do our own 100 miler, so we decided we were going to run 100 miles in August along the Mendip Way, which so says East Mendip Way, West Mendip Way, goes from Western Supermare to Froome, and then Yes. that's 50 miles and then back again right and we're like we'll get Lorna to crew us um you know Susie will come out and help a little bit and then we were like well, maybe we should get some other people to see if they want to come um so we put it in the group and we we had quite quite a good response and we've got so I've got maybe like t- between 10 and 15 people saying yeah I'm interested in doing either 50 miles 100 miles or 30 miles joining in whatever and I said look, this isn't organized we're just going to show you the route I would just like some company on it um we can make you a medal. We can make you like a little BBR beer cup. We were going to do black ones for 100 milers, silver, silver tankards for 50 milers, and then an egg cup for anyone that's 30 miles. And um, charge a little bit of money for petrol for Lorna and Susie. You know, make sure that the bits in the dark, where there's no shops, they'll be there with water and all this sort of stuff. Spoke to Andy about it and he's like, you can't do it because you need race insurance because you've got duty of care. What if somebody dies? And I'm like, but we're not, it's not an organised race, like I said. Mandatory kit is a crew person, and he's like, "Well, no, because if somebody dies out there, then you're liable because
2: you organised
1: it." Apparently, yeah, and I'm like, right, and and I've looked into it, and it's absolutely right. Like, it I could be done basically for manslaughter because I've not provided the right amount of care for the people that are, who are doing the thing that I suggested that they do, and that's mental, like
2: it's just yeah.
1: I'm like oh so I'm going to have to check or basically uh, do bad Does anybody that signed up and is interested in, that, interested in that it has to be in the week because um, we can't do a weekend because we don't have the right support but everyone's going to everyone that does it our suggested route I'm going to have to give them a waiver to sign to say that if anything happens it's got nothing to do with us and they're responsible for themselves
0: oh well, yeah I, I do that with the beer a and I have no idea of it work but um, if anyone's doing the beer thon don't die yeah please
1: don't choke on your own vomit. Don't um, Exactly. Yeah, but it's a it's a real minefield, and it's like it, it's like I just did not think of that. But then, if somebody did somebody did say they want to come along, and then they did die, I would be quite upset. But then I'm like, where does it stop? Does it stop with me going? Oh, do you fancy coming out for a ten mile run to a drink. Yeah, yeah, and then they yeah. get hit by a car on the way home. Is that my fault? Because I suggested we go to the pub. Like, it's. Um, it's really, really difficult, but actually very, very interesting as well. So I think we're going to be doing yeah. that. We're, me and Julius are definitely doing it, but if anybody else wants to join in, then let me know. Um, but it will be, on your head be it, when you die, it's not my fault. And that's, <laughs> that's on the podcast, so it's fine.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And by listening, you've, you've agreed to consent. Exactly.
1: By listening, you've given consent for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens at the Christmas party, you've given
0: consent <laughs> for everything. That's how you get round well, it. Well thanks for listening, guys. I don't think if um if they've enjoyed this one then we mentioned Richard Bowles, he's he's done some crazy runs across Australia and elsewhere why. Sean Conway, adventurer, he's mm-hmm. um he's done some epic challenges.
1: Anyone else you'd recommend? Oh, Ali Bailey, she's such an inspiration. Um she's done quite a few of those long distance challenges. Really, really lovely, lovely woman. Um and um She sounds Rhonda, great. She's so great. Uh, Rhonda Marie Avery, because she does those challenges. But she can't see. So that adds a, another little uh, problem, doesn't it, into the mix. Um, and there's loads of them, isn't there? There's too many to mention. It's do you know what number of yeah. we're on now? Uh,
0: we, at least 150. You know we? That. Oh, Great. I've not really been paying attention. Oh, and do balance. Apparently, we um, we kept the advert, the long advert. Okay, for...
1: advert gate. Let's talk about the advert. <laughs> advert. I've had complaints about the Pulse Roll advert. So,
0: for? I've written a new one. Have you? Yeah. Well, are we. Oh, so we're still doing Pulse Roll. Great. The Pulse Roll still sponsoring us? I don't know. I mean, they're not sponsoring it's all very... me.
1: I don't have a Pulse Roll. <laughs> Where's my Pulse Roll? I don't have one. My legs hurt and I don't have a Pulse Roll.
0: <laughs> we can, I'm sure we can ask Pulse Roll. Uh, we can send them an email. So, um, yeah, the, the intention was the long Pulse Roll advert was to introduce the concept of Pulse Roll for there to then be a shorter advert but i don't think we communicated that very well with nick so apologies that you've had to listen to the uh, fairly tedious and very long advert which we did off the cuff and then never thought about again and uh, not listening to our own podcast we didn't realize that you were just going through hell having listened to my terrible jokes not repeated listen, you
1: don't, again, not again. listening to our own podcast amazing absolutely brilliant there you go i don't listen to my own work brilliant
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it comes across as vain to listen to and stuff. I think. Yeah. Does That's it? what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Uh, I, I listen just to make sure I don't sound like a knob. And usually I'm disappointed because I sound like a knob. Yeah.
0: Um, exactly. I've given up on that. But, um, are well, you ready for this new roll? No, no. Yes. Are you ready
1: for this new Pulse oh, Roll advert? It's brilliant. Wait,
0: do it. Do it.
1: Ready? Do you yeah. suffer from sore, tired muscles literally all the time? Have you ignored every single thing your physio's told you for the last four years? Do you lack any type of willpower, have no pain threshold and want to lose fat with this one simple tip? Then you need pulse roll. Pulse roll is the best friend you've never had. Use it at home, in the car, on the bus or in the bar. Pulse roll comes in 10 different flavours. It's gluten-free and vegan. Pulse roll uses the latest groundbreaking technology to create a pulse that you then roll on your legs or the bits that hurt. With four different settings, ranging from fuzzy buzzy to pneumatic drill, pulse roll is suitable for the whole family and also pets, but not goldfish or snakes. Pulse roll is non-addictive and non-drowsy. You can even use it whilst driving or operating heavy machinery. Pulse roll. Once you roll, you can go for a stroll.
0: Amazing. That is good. That is really good. good. That is good. So, uh, although I think it would be amazing for snakes, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't because you'll squash
1: them. You'll squash oh, them, the l- them.
0: And I l- fish I love the idea. No. Okay, definitely not fish. Well, um, if you want to get a pulse roll, I don't know what the.
1: If the, you the, want to the roll, disc- then FYD. get in the internet hole and go to pulseroll.co.uk for your pulse roll. There you
0: go. Amazing! Wow, oh, that was so good. Shall I'm probably going to get, get a- some
1: voiceover work now. <laughs>
0: Well, with an advert like that I, well, I think we'll speak to Paswell and see what we do for you. But um Shall we call it a day there?
1: Yes, let's do that. We love you, uh Jew Buddhas. Um see you again soon. Bada bye bye Bada bye 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 beta bye 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 Baby Combat
2: Ba
0: bye 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 buta bye 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave don't come back. Yes, and give me one more try
2: Cause a love like this Shoulda never, ever die Come back Fuck you, buddy